And happy Saturday, everybody! What is this? August the 27th. Your 2011. I'm Wong Hughes. Hope you're all doing super. We have Dwayne Kilter monthly program and the Radio Historical Association of Colorado monthly program. So Patricia will be on with me later tonight in a couple hours. But first, here her prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the blessings we have to be in this country. Look after all our friends who live on the East Coast as they're going through this hurricane. Keep all of them safe. Those who are with the power, look after them as they're going to be going through the hardship at this period. Bless our friends in Texas trying to survive the, the heat. Bless those who might be losing, who have lost a loved one or a loved one in a hospital. Like my cousin Denny. Bless everybody out there who might be having financial trouble at this time, Lord. Look after them. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Alright, here's Dwayne Kilstrup, monthly show. Hi, this is Frank Busseri, one of the original four lads. From Moments to Remember, listen to Dwayne on Yesterday USA. Deep in the Heart of Texas, Classics and Curios presents Echoes of Songs and Laughter here on Yesterday USA. This edition of Echoes features old-time radio's classic American family on the Ozzy and Harriet Show from uh, November 21, 1948. For over 30 years on radio and television, Ozzy and Harriet brought us humor that was playful, gentle, and gracious. Tonight, that humor focuses on the theme of curiosity. Later, we'll uh, play an Ozzie and Harriet recording from the uh, Classics and Curios archives. Well, uh, let's see if we have NBC tuned in here. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. The NBC channel... ...OTR shows this time. And again, here's our friend Bill McCracken from the Radio Historical Association of Colorado to tell us what's next, Bill. Our next and final program today is called The Adventures of Maisie, and it was syndicated by the movie studio MGM because they had produced 10 or so movies in the early 40s uh, starring Ann Southern in the role of Maisie. She was kind of a zany little gal, wasn't she? And it also...
just one of those fabulous flights a trip to the moon on gossamer wings just one of those things if we thought a bit of the end of it for we started painting the town we'd have been aware that our love affair was too hot not to cool down so goodbye dear and amen here's hoping we meet now and then it was great fun but it was just one of those Part of the soundtracks of the famous MGM musicals. And I'm Warren Hughes, and on the other line, the one, the only, talented Patricia. Who's that? That's you. Say more? That's you. Say more. I know. Well, you're talented. You're adorable. <laughs> and you're so lovable. Oh, thank you. And we're here, everybody. The fun has begun. Give us a call. 714-545-2071. If we get any call from the East Coast, we'll be we'll be happy to take your call. Oh boy, will we be happy to take your call? Yeah. Our family on the East Coast is getting hammered or going to be hammered with this horrific storm that's making its way up the coast. And uh, you know, our thoughts have got to be with Jerry in Maryland. Mm-hmm. They're getting hit. It's going to be marching through there pretty soon. Um, We've got Rich in New Jersey. We've got Charles in New Jersey. We have Fred in Vermont. We have Lucille, Lucy in Staten Island, and Staten Island is going to be hit very hard. So we've we've got some family all along the coast. Did I forget anybody? Maurice in Maurice in D.C. We have to pull out the family genealogical charts. Our, our genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> we have to pull out the family tree. Okay. Hello there, you're on the air. Yeah, it's Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Well, at least you're safe. I'll keep this quick so you can get your calls from the East Coast. Because <laughs> uh, I know that really is important. Well, that's true, but who knows if they're even able to hear us, considering true. Like, two million people are out without power. True. Yeah. Uh, my only news for this week is that I had my Quentin catheter removed on Tuesday because the doctor said that I was not in uh, remission anymore, and so oh dear, it would be a while before the transplant. So we'll be starting the new medication after I get the paperwork sent in and all that stuff. So that's oh, basically well. where that is. That's not the news you wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, and like I said, they said it would be months before I could have the transplant. So. Um, I got the, uh, and I saw the invitation about the, the, uh, 
Louis Zamperini and the Olympic uh, athletes, Walden. Yeah, I thought you might get a kick of seeing that. Yeah, that was interesting. I thought, yeah, I, uh, John Neighbor, the famous swimmer in the Olympic 76 who was the gold medalist, is his agent. Ah. So that's what you saw the neighbor. So that's John Neighbor. I see. And so, uh, so thanks for you sending me the book. I will uh, start studying that because that's part of the requirement for me to get Louie on the show. Oh, got, and it is, it is a very interesting book. I bet it is. I've heard him do interviews on the radio, so I knew I would have a good time. Oh, him. not necessarily a good time. No, well, he, well, he, he, well, I mean, he is such a vibrant oh, yes, that he personality is. that I think he'd be good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I believe that, too. Yeah. Um, Patricia, did you get a link to the book, or did I send you a link? Maybe I could, yeah. Um, you send me a link to where you got all of them? Well, I could send you the original file, and you could try and open that with, like, Microsoft Works or something like that. Okay. I'll, I'll give anything a shot on it. Well, like I said, I think the real important thing is, though, to download my pony program, because it makes it so easy to, to download the stuff. Uh-huh without even knowing all the captures and stuff that you have to use to get the books. Yeah. Now, My Pony, tell me about that. Because I went to MyPony.com, and it's non-existent. Um, hmm. Well, interesting. I will, I will uh, later tonight, I will actually do it like I was doing it for the first time and see what I get. Maybe it's like, I didn't try MyPony.net. No, I think, it's, I think it was .com, but, .com. but I will... I will try it because I'm still getting um, I'm the the latest uh, download or you know the latest version of the program I downloaded just a couple of weeks ago. But um, and it like I said, it makes it so easy to grab the books, with, especially from the Mega Upload site, because you don't have to put in the the it it just d does it automatically for you and downloads them, and it's so easy. I tried to. Um keep an eye out, and I did, for a bunch of the authors I'm familiar with and some of the titles that sound really interesting. But I was telling Walden each item took an average of three lines. There were no sp right. no spaces in between. It just went from one line to another. Right. And so I figured out where the breakpoints were, and I'm starting to put in the spaces in between. It's in 10-point type, which is pretty small. And I have about 250 pages of listings. Yes, it's a huge. It's, it's enormous. I mean, so it's a huge number of books. When I go shopping, I'm going to have to spend a day at the market here and come up with some. Uh, but they do have some Rex Stout. They do have some Agatha Christie's that I'm not familiar with, some collections. So, um, you know, even on that level, it, sound, it looks like there, there's a lot of fun up there. So if you can help me get there, I, I would love it a lot. Yeah, I'll do what I will see what I can do. Okay. Um, I will see what I can do. Okay. You want a question? Sure. All right, I have to get your it. phone. By the way, Walden talks so I can find it out if it's just if it's her and you or just her, because her phone has some. Um, got some crackling or bubbling in it. Oh no, it's got some. It, it's got some hum and static. That's real. I mean. Ah, uh, you know. That I'm not actually. I'm hearing as the, as I'm loud as you. I'm hearing you. 
Um, yeah, actually. Well, then say something to him, please. I'm wish I tune up his, him. I think it's on his line. Oh, you think it's on? You want me to call you back? Well, if it, if I make it easier for you, why don't we hang up on you and you call me right back? Okay. See? See how easy that is? <laughs> now, when I talk to you, like. Oh, you you you. And you pick up the phone. I. That's a lot better. Yeah, you're perfect, Patricia. I'm okay. Yeah, and Kurt's good now. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. That's good. You are? Okay, yeah, that is good. Well, you know, I tell you, the telephone company, I don't know how most people know how the telephone company works. Um, Do they? Well, last they knew they did. That was a joke. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. When you make a phone call, everybody, you don't know exactly what direction it really goes. It goes through satellite hubs. And it goes through different satellites around the world. And depending how far it goes, the level and the chaotic can be different in each phone. And I really never noticed that until doing this radio show and I'm hearing headsets. And I got heads, and I can hear all the imperfectness of different phone lines when it's not good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's pretty amazing. So... For example, that's why, folks, when I hook up in Dallas, because we're still using the old fashioned telephone line, our level can be off. And I don't know until I get in and listen to Dallas and try to adjust it on the board. But it's never, every phone call you make is never quite the same. So, uh, if you're having trouble, I guess what I'm trying to say is you're having trouble with somebody, hang up and call them back, and generally it'll be a better line. Yeah, by the way, tell, um, Michael Beal, I'm sure I'm sure you'll be talking to him tomorrow. Most likely, yeah. Tell him to, as a point of interest, to look at Napster under Kate Smith, just um, because they do not have, as far as I can see, mm-hmm. they do not have the God Bless America, any of the longer versions, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of stuff that was surprising and may not be the real Kate Smith. I don't know what the deal is, but it's very interesting. I was looking at it last night when I was listening to the show from from Sunday. And yeah. by the way, the only words mem- uh, uh, scan-wise are to the gold fields out in Nome, but it sure as heck doesn't sound like it. No. It does no. and it doesn't. No, I, that's why Michael thought it was Nome, and I listened oh. to it. I turned up, I don't think it is. Sounds like gold fields out in, but it, uh, I can't figure out. What I can't figure it out myself. Yeah. And it's really fascinating what we're talking about, everybody. The version that Kate Smith sang the night of November 10th, 1938, there are two or three different lines that different compared to what the song we know. And we're surmising when did, these make, when did we make these changes in the works and what do some of the words say? And that was a big feature of last Sunday program. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, I did not realize what a what a very difficult life she had at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew I knew she had a stroke uh, in the mid seventies. I didn't know about the um, the diabetic health, coma yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. I have um, the, the obituary that I think ran in the New York Times. Let me see. I know another famous singer who had who passed away a diabetic coma was Elsa Kill. Oh, yeah. Ella ha- uh, had the same problem. Yeah. Um, but I, I do have the obituary for Kate Smith, and it's got some really fabulous information in here. It's very long, 
But um, when we take a break later, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll pull out some salient pieces of information. And, um, you know, it, it says, okay, Ms. she had been in poor health. This, this was June 18, 1986. Yeah. And the obituary says she had been in poor health since 1976 when she suffered brain damage as a result of a diabetic coma. And then she had a leg amputation and, and died shortly after that. Uh, so, yeah. um, so she died she really, then? She had, she had a very hard life growing up. She had a very hard life. She was known as the fat kid, and she yeah. was that lady who sang. And um, who was who was her her manager, Walden? Ted, Ted Collins. Collins. I, Ted Collins. Yeah. That poor man's name. He was the one who pulled her off the, um, the filler right. stage and kicked her off in her career and stayed with her right until the end. Yeah, he died in the mid '60s, and I think mm. that was. Uh... And she went into a profound depression. Oh yeah after he died, and it's certainly understandable. He was the one person in her life she could count on. Never could when she was growing up, never could in in her early years in show business until he came into her life. And, um, you know, apparently, there, from what I gather, there was nothing romantic. No, he was married. He was married. He was married. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean there wasn't anything romantic, but no. he, was, he was married, and she was good friends with both of them, mm -hmm. and he was her very, very trusted confidant and manager and really central person in her life. But it, it was an extraordinarily difficult life that he, he had, and, and he, still she came out shining. Yeah, and, and Ted Collins the one that made the deals. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, the biggest uh, biggest strike about Ted Collins was having Costello. Um, he did not see the value of who's on first. He didn't? He did not. Oh, how interesting. And the boys overrode him and just did it one night. Well, bless their hearts. Yeah. No, they did it before they had perfected it, and they pulled it off beautifully. Right. Well, a lot of people doubted it. Even Lou Cousin, uh, who was in the basement scene of rehearsals, and uh, Chris's daughter said, you know, he was still around. He said, even he thought it was never going to go anywhere. I mean, the boys believed in it. Uh... But and it just you know it made her career. Yeah, it's. I mean that is one of the, you know, um, if if you do not understand who's on first, you simply do not have that kind of sense of humor, and I guess a lot of people don't. No, uh, I I and also um I don't know most people they were burlesque comics, and I don't know if most people know that there were two different types of burlesque. There was the one that we all know we, we all know of, uh, and then there was also a family version of burlesque, and that's where Lou and Bud performed it. And, uh, I, you know, I just didn't... It's interesting studying show business history. What, what we think today, if you go back and really study it, uh, it, you know, it has a little different slant on everything. And you know they 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 were a really strong team. In which case, I wonder where Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis would fit, because since since there were two versions of uh, of you know a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I knew uh, their manager, their agent manager, and uh, without saying too much. 
um, everybody loved Dean. Yeah. And that's about what I want to say. Yeah. Well, that actually may explain why they let Jerry go from from the yeah. uh, Muscular District uh -huh. Association without without anything except uh, you're not going to be on this mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's down to only six hours this year. Uh, I think is the last the commercial I heard a few days ago. I think it's going to be just a six-hour telethon. It was interesting. My my friend Bud, it was his idea. He he came up with a telephone back in 1951 and had Martin Lewis, and uh, I think he was very pleased how that whole thing raised all the money yeah. that it has over the years. Of course, and, there was a lot of controversy. If you if you knew anybody with MD, there was a lot of controversy about how that worked as far as Jerry's kids. That uh, the donation, went. yeah. Anyway, uh, a little off the point here, mm -hmm. but in. Mildly interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have a question? No, well, I have lots of questions. I'm okay. Give you one anyway. <laughs> okay. And forgive me if I already asked you this one, but I don't have it marked off. Who was the first mate Gallagher? What was he associated with? Oh, actually, I think the question was answered. Okay. Was that was was he um, uh, associated with the uh, Scarlet Queen? That's that is correct, and you're right. I asked um, Harwood that last week. Okay, here's here's one for you. This one is really hard. Who were Bob and Betty Regent? And I talked about them last week. Oh, they were the they were the kids on. Um, I think they were the kids on Magic. Uh, no, on um, John Do the Magician. John Do the Magician. Yes, boy, you are really. Which it seems like everybody seems to be playing all of a sudden. I don't understand. Um. What's his face? <laughs> oh, forgive me. That was a terrible thing to say. Um, was it, is it Don Aston who is into Yeah, most likely Don doing it, yeah. Well, Don is doing it, but but Max Schmid on on um, wh uh, whatever he calls that show uh -huh. on, that's on Yesterday USA, he's doing it. Uh -huh. um, I, I, you know, I don't know who else is doing it, but it seems like everybody's... And it seems like they're all they're all in like December of '48. <laughs> I don't understand that. Kurt, this happens every once in a while. Oh, I know. I have heard probably half a dozen Casey Crown photographers, maybe uh -huh. more, but it's it's over a period of years, and it's not my favorite show, but I do listen to it every once in a while, and. At one point, everybody was playing Casey Crime. Uh -huh. yep. Tune in, and there were two people on Yesterday USA playing them. There was someplace else that was playing one. Out of that half dozen shows I have listened to, I had heard all three of those. Yeah, well, there's there's a huge number of there's quite a, there's like three three CDs worth because I think no. R R may have a um, may have a Casey Crime photographer. I I met I met a few years ago. On a two-week cycle, three different person were playing screen director Playhouse Ghostbreaker, starring Bob Hope and Shirley Mitchell. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it just gets into people's air. You know, if you look on the internet, Art. Well, if you look under on the internet under OTR, there's um there's a couple of shows of um, Tarzan out there. Um, if you like your series without music. Skip the Diamond of a Share, although that, that's, I think, the latest show that they did. But the two of them, the Tarzan, the first one, which was done, one of them was the, I don't know, if she, it was with Joan um, Burroughs in it, I think, in Tarzan number one, Tarzan of the Apes. Mm -hmm. 
and then Tarzan and the Fires of Sumptor or something. Mm-hmm. That one also does not have uh, does not have musical, um, so you get more serial for your for your yeah. download. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've never mentioned to people that I have maybe a year ago. I have Tarzan. Um, what did you just say? The ancient. There's there's Tarzan of the Apes. Right. It's the other one. And there's the Diamond of a Share. Yeah, I have that one. And then there's the Fires of a Tor or something like that. Okay, those those two I have. And if you want Tarzan of the Apes, anybody out there, I will see if I can find them. It's called it's called Tarzan Number One or something. Okay. Yeah, the, I haven't come across it. I download. If you look under OTR, if you just put in Google under OTR. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find a lot of interesting stuff. Oh boy, I tell you, <laughs> indeed you do. But um, and most actually, most of it is is you know somehow radio related. Actually, huh? It sure is. Okay, so so what can I send you? I've got your your file or your yeah. I really don't know because I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. We'll have to communicate on that because I don't really know you know what what you have but okay well you're getting some really awful shows oh yes that's right that's coming yes so you have to tell me what else to put in your end uh, I I don't know you'll have to send either if you have some kind of a list or or whatever and and um, and I will send you the file for that and see if maybe you can like I said if you have a program that that can open up Microsoft um, files yeah I I have um, iWorks and a couple of other programs, so Microsoft. I can open almost all of the Microsoft programs, so we're cool. And like I said, <clears throat> it's interesting, even though, see, and what I usually do is I just take the, I highlight the files in the in the program, and the My Pony program takes, lifts, takes the links out of those and puts them mm-hmm. in order and downloads the stuff, so. Uh-huh. Well, if you can get me to the My Pony program, I'll take a look at it. I will look at it again and find out why we're not finding it um, and see if I can figure that out. Very cool. Anyway, I will uh, leave it open for East Coast and just, uh, and we need to, every, obviously, we probably, you guys probably already did pray about that because mm-hmm. I tuned in just as you were talking. But, um, well, yeah, this is, this is a very weird very strange week, weather and earthwise. So, it is. And poor Washington, the mayor of Washington D.C. said the other day, "This has got to be the weirdest week we've ever had. We've got an earthquake, a cracked uh, link, um, Washington the monument, and now a hurricane coming through." Yeah, they've just never had anything like that before. Nobody has ever had a storm like this before. This is a, a one of a kinder. Hopefully, not. It will not be as bad as they expect. Yeah, well... That is the hope. They're, they're braced for the worst, and it's yes. a good thing to be. Oh, I believe it. Uh, anyway, talk to you guys later. Okay. All right, good. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right, 714-545-2071, our number. We love your calls. Are, are we having fun yet? We sure are. All right, let me put this one away. Um, let me Let me get a theme in here real fast, and then we can start taking calls. Um, the theme, I have read, hot dogs. Hot dog, I'm a hot dog. The dog gives love to bite. Well, it's I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener night because the Wienermobile 
is now 75 years old. Oh, I did not know it that old. It debuted in Chicago in 1906. It's 27 feet long. <laughs> they made it into the equivalent of 60 hot dogs. And I want to know what you like to put on your hot dogs. I think Dick Beals refused to drive it around. Hello there, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, it's Ralph. Hey! Ralph, how you doing? Oh, hey, good. I, I've been on the phone with the East Coast for about an hour and a half tonight, talking to friends. Good. I, I sent an email earlier to ask about family and friends that you have in New York City area, because they're going yeah. They're going to get it. They're going to get it big. Yeah, well, when I talked to them about like an hour ago, and they were experiencing bad, bad lightning. Here are and, and they're under a tornado watch. In addition to everything else, uh, they think they had one touchdown in Atlantic City area, so they're they're really getting some rough rides, and they're not going to get the brunt of it until about five o'clock this morning. So what yeah, they said anywhere at two o'clock on they expected to get the. So are, are they hunkered down? Are they okay? Do you think? Well, yeah, yeah I think so. They they both live in pretty strong homes, uh, and both of them are actually. Uh, Near the uh, near the ocean, uh, one's on the uh, the North Shore, which is Long Island Sound. Oh dear! And the other one is on the, the South Shore uh, in uh, around Hewitt in Nassau County. Oh dear! And uh, the guy on the North Shore, he got he's got a, a twenty-eight or thirty-foot sailboat at anchor in Oyster Bay, so. <laughs> He's hoping for the best. My gosh, why didn't they leave? I'm sorry? Why Why are they staying? Why didn't they evacuate? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know, some people just don't want to do that. And I, I, I can't say why, but uh, they both seem to feel like they're going to be okay. Um, the, big, the biggest problem that I, I foresee for them is the storm surge. Exactly. I was telling Walden earlier, according to NOAA, excuse me, the site that I checked, they were anticipating not only is it going to be high tide at 8 o'clock in the morning, um, right. but they're anticipating 3 to 5 uh, feet of high tide on top of uh, about 4 feet of high tide. Right five to eight feet of storm surge, and then on top of that, 15 to 20 foot waves. Now, these people, I don't care how strong their houses are, it's the water that kills, you know? Yeah, well, they're talking about trying to evacuate 65 million people. It's almost an impossible task. How can you, well, how can you evacuate? 65 million is along the entire coast, not, not in the New York area. So, but the people on the islands really needed to get out. I was telling Walden uh, uh, before we got on the air that one of the barrier islands, and I think it was Virginia, uh, the emergency teams went around and knocked on doors and said, why aren't you out of here? They got everybody except about 3% of the residents in this um, coastal area. And they went back and said, if you don't leave, we need your next of kin. And they took down records of next of kin because they don't expect them to be there. I understand. It's it's just... You know, all the years I lived back there, we never had anything like this. 
oh, and I think that's probably part of the reluctance to leave because there is no experience. They, yeah, well, you know, you got them in Florida, too, people who just won't budge. Oh, I know, I know. Previous, uh, previous hurricane, yeah, a party, <laughs> a hurricane party and stuff like that. I, I don't really... Uh, yeah, the people who, who celebrated hurricane parties in Hurricane Camille that came on shore, I think it was Louisiana, um, and they, I couldn't remember if it was the 1950s or the 1960s. I'll have to go back and check the records. But they never found them. I mean... Yeah, oh, I, I, I know. It's, uh, you, you don't realize the power of these things until you no. do a couple of them. No, they, they kind of sniff and say, well, 80-mile-an-hour winds, that's no problem. Well, the problem is that the wind is pushing water in, and that's, oh. that's the unrelenting wind. It blows at 80 miles an hour without a break, and then you get gusting on top of that, and that's when the roofs go. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they showed a lot of that today with the shingles being ripped off and siding. Yeah, yeah. And in New York City, they're saying if, if this thing goes uh, on the uh, the western side of the city where Hudson River is, then it's going to be much worse than if it goes a little bit east. That is correct. That is yeah. And, uh, they, well, you know, I never heard of them shutting down subways and all the transit, shutting the airports down completely. Oh, that's because they never did before for a weather system. Oh, it's wild. For a weather system, but... Yeah, uh, we'll know in the morning, see what's left. I hope they're okay. Um, yeah, I, I certainly do too, but... Emily. Anyhow, thank God we got good weather over here. <laughs> we have chickens here. Really? What's with the chicken? Well, the chicken, <laughs> chicken is laying eggs, so I've got a Waldenita. It did lay eggs? Yeah, and that, that means... Oh, my God. I had a feeling it might, it, might, it might be a hen. See, so now it's not a Walden. The name has to be Waldenita. Waldenita. Well, I, I think that, that we have an egg here. <laughs> We are sure to lay a couple before the end of the night. <laughs> you, you, you don't lay eggs on a usual... Uh, Say that again, please? You don't usually lay eggs on the program. I know that you... Uh, oh, once, once... Yeah, you got to figure it out pretty good. Oh, once in a while I do a big one. <laughs> I go to sleep and I do my big ones. You're so kind. Uh, you guys, we, just, you we, guys just, too good. we just throw some bacon and sausage and fry them all up and nobody can notice. <laughs> uh, that chicken thing really turned into a story, didn't it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, it was a story before the chicken thing even came along. <laughs> Meaning the chicken's here. You're right. Well, you started it. You said you were going to get some baby chicks. And you yeah, never did. That was the story. Yeah, we didn't do it. You never did. I was going to send you an email say, Vasnitur Shikins, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't know how to spell Shikins. Shikins. I don't either, so it would have been fine. Yeah, well, maybe I'll send you one tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ralph. In Fibber McGee and Molly, what was Mr. Wimple's first name? Wallace. All right. Very good. 
I've got a whole bunch of really nifty stuff for you. Okay. Um, are, are you going for potluck again, or is there something specific? Uh, I'll, I'll, at your, I'll at your discretion. Okay, a surprise. I've got some, I think I've got some pretty neat stuff, and if you've already got them, I don't think you do, but if you've already got them, let's see what we got here. Um, oh, it, it won't be a surprise if I tell you what I've got, right? Right. Okay. You don't, you don't. Yeah, yeah su surprise me. Yeah, well, I'm going to surprise you. Oh, that's a good one. She'll get send you two, she'll get send you blank CDs. That's that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> you can fill them up yourself. <laughs> oh, Walter. I was telling you, I think it was last week. Uh, my computer has the capability to uh, produce these things, uh -huh. and I I just I just don't know how. Terrible. Um, it's an easy thing to do, and it's easier for you if somebody shows you. That's what I need. Yeah. And I'm a hands-on kind of guy. I, I, I... Yeah, any, any of your friends who has a computer, just tap them on the shoulder and say, come on over, I want to learn how to burn CDs. Well, maybe, maybe somebody done on YouTube somewhere. Well, that's a thought. Mm -hmm. That's how come we pay you so much money. <laughs> is, uh, are, are you on top of the pay scale over there, Walter? Well, my 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 salary always gets doubled every week, along with he Patricia's. Has, he is. He has more zeros than I do. <laughs> oh, I, I want to share something with you. Uh-oh. Uh, our, our daughter, which is our youngest child, she, she moved to Hawaii. Oh, I remember the island you... of Maui. Yeah. Uh huh. About four months ago. Right. And she got a job at a great big hotel complex. Uh huh. Selling things like uh, bathing suits, sunglasses, and and related items. Uh huh. To people who were going on the beach. Well, last last week she called in the office and she got offered a uh, a management position. And they want, they have a, a whole new complex that's going to be open, and they want to put her in charge of the whole thing. Wow. That's cool. And, you, you know, she's had, <laughs> she's had such a hard time. She works, she works like a beaver, but she just has had a terrible time connecting. And she's <laughs> like, that if she gets a job, if she's successful at it, looking at 70000 bucks a year. Oh, how sweet. It was absolutely stymied. I, yeah. My God. How sweet is that? Uh, you know, in today's market, that, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Great. I mean, I agree. And to have someone offer it to her that she did not have to go pounding pavements and knocking on doors. Yeah. Well, apparently the, the, the guy that runs the whole thing mm -hmm. got onto her supervisor and said, why haven't you offered her management? My God, she must have really taken charge over there. What a great compliment yeah. to her. Yeah. Oh, I hope it works for her. My God, that would be great. Be wonderful. Uh, she wants to invite us over there. Oh, well, cool. You guys should go. <laughs> we, we're thinking of going next year, not this year. Okay. And, and then you could go and, and see Ron? Yeah, Ron play a, a show or something. He's, a, he's in Oahu? Yep. Yeah, I, I, w I would really like to go see him. Yeah. 
Maybe one of these days he and I can get together and uh, talk about it. There you go. That'd be fun. He would love it. That, <laughs> that would be fun. You know, okay, uh, yeah, I've been... Hawaii's a nice place to be. I've been there twice, and you know, you've probably been there several times, haven't you, Ralph, over the years? I've been there um, twice on vacation and once on business. Yeah. Pretty yeah, amazing. I, uh, I was involved in uh, contract negotiations for the uh, with Pan American. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, we had to go all the way out to Hawaii and uh, out oh. to Guam, where we had stations. You poor baby. Oh, I'll tell you what, it was grueling. <laughs> a lot of flying and not not much uh, sitting around. I I had a, uh, I have an uncle who was a lawyer who had to represent a client a hotel in Hawaii. He had to spend like less than five minutes in the courtroom in Hawaii, so he flew all the way from California to L to South California to Hawaii, go in court for five minutes, then fly back home all in the same day. <gasps> Yeah, well, we did uh, we did Cal- New York to California, uh-huh. three-hour layover, uh, California to Honolulu. Oh, good grief. About a four-hour layover, and Honolulu to Guam, which takes you across the Dateline, and that was a long trip. Uh. So on the way back... We, we, uh, my, my partner and I, we disappeared for three days. <laughs> we disappeared in Hawaii. And we actually got some, got some rest and went to the beach. Uh, you know, they, they, they just had to run it. It was unbelievable. I, I know I couldn't do it now. I must have been in shape in the years. <laughs> uh, you could do it now. I know you could. I have faith. Well, we did uh, we did Australia about five years ago uh, for a vacation, and that, I that was you. too much time in the airplane. I just I've never ever do it again. Although it was great to go there. Yeah, my aunt and uncle went last year, and they decided to do everything on one trip because it's just a long flight. So they spent like three months down there. Oh, they did the grand tour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only did two weeks. Uh huh. And apparently, uh, the, the town that we went to, which is called Cairns, it, it's written it looks like Carnes. Mm-hmm. Apparently, everywhere we went got blown away not too long ago. Another huge storm. The thing that what shocked them was the prices for food are just astronomical down there. Like for a small, yeah. sa- like yeah. for, for a small sandwich for lunch was twenty seven bucks. Oh you my know. goodness! You know, when we were there, it wasn't, wasn't that it bad. wasn't outlandish. The only thing I found unusual, we were in a little fast food kind of restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> they charged us twenty five cents for a little package of ketchup. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Import ketchup. Uh-huh. Yeah, your little thing. I guess it was Heinz ketchup. And uh, I said, can we, can we have some ketchup? And they says, oh, yeah, it's 25 cents <laughs> for a package. Oh, <laughs> we're thrilled in this. just couldn't believe it. Well, that, that Other places didn't do that, just this one in particular. Yeah, that brings us to our theme for tonight. What is our theme tonight? Theme is hot dogs. What do you like on your hot dogs? 
into the bun kind of thing. I think that's where they came up with the expression. Oh, uh, man, this is so disappointing because I have the history of hot dogs. Hold on, let me see if I... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is terrible. I actually have the history of hot dogs and I can't find it. (laughs) She she lost the mustard. I I had to pay 25 cents for it and I didn't want to. Oh, remember what radio character uh, sold hot dogs? Winston. Sold hot dogs. Sold hot dogs. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, radio character. Uh, what radio character sold hot dogs? And he had and he had a little song. Mm. Uh, with the mustard, with the pickle and the relish and the mustard on top. Oh, Mr. Kissel. That's right. In fact. In the middle, sit on top. In fact, Mr. Kissel. Mr. Kissel. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, in 1946, it was a catfish. So you went in and recorded. A record of it, and remember the record. And then on the flip side, here's the trivia question: What artist first recorded song on the flip side, who later became a major singer in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and passed away in this one? Passed away within the last four or five years. Perry Como. Actually, probably a bigger name. Bigger than Perry Como? Probably, yeah. He sang Hot Diggity Dog. I know. Hot Diggity Doggity. Hot Diggity. Yeah, hot very good. Hot Diggity Dog Ziggity Boom. Boom. What you do to me? Me, yeah. But I, I, this guy's career lasted longer. You're kidding. No. Only one I can think of. And he, lived in, and, and he lived in San Diego. Mm. And he was a marathon dancer. That's how he got started. He was... Uh, he, in order to raise money, he ended um, in those marathon dancing competitions. Really? And he, he later became a singer, and 
Mel Torme. No, no, bigger name. Bigger than Mel Torme? Yeah. God. Well. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had a, 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 and more people know him through seeing westerns and his big hit in 1949 with Mule Train. Oh, Frankie. Oh, Frankie Lane. Frankie Lane. That's what... Frankie Lane sang about hot dogs? Well, no. On the flip side of Mr. Kitchell's song, they had another artist, and that was Frankie Lane's first ever commercial side. He was just an unknown performer. Yeah, he uh, he was really a big name. Sure was. Uh, he got married uh, in his 80s, I understand. Yeah, yeah, he did. We used to call him. What I tell you, one of my favorite Frankie Lane stories... And he used to get bored in Las Vegas, because, um, you know, he would do two shows, and he was a coin collector. So what he would do in between shows, he would ask him to pay him off in silver dollars. Is that right? And, and, and his show put fee was $5,000 a show. So he would take the, the, the money and get, go through the coin and save the, save the more valuable one. He collected. Yeah, he just kept them all. Uh, uh, he he kept them all. His market—they were worth a lot of money, whether they were rare or not. That's right. So he wound up all the real ones. He wound up selling them all to buy a house in San Diego. How about that? Yeah. I didn't know he lived in San Diego. Yeah, he lived in San Diego. Yeah. Do you know someone who attended his wedding? Ah, uh, really nice guy. I understand he was. Yeah. Really nice guy. There was a, a period of time there where he just made one right after the other. Yep. Mule, one hit right after the other. Mule Train and High Noon and yeah. Hide and all those songs. I, I remember the songs. I can't think of too many of the names. Yeah. Well, if I were connected to the Internet. <laughs> you know what I bet? If I were connected to the Internet, I would look up hot dogs. Hot dog. I don't know what I did with the information. I'm a hot dog. I wonder if I look. I'll look them up tomorrow. There you go. You know what I think? What do you think? There's probably about two dozen people out there who wish I'd shut up and go away. No. No. Uh, well, I will send you a surprise along with your other surprises. She's going to send you some mustard with the hot dog, Ralph. Uh, relish, is, uh, relish is very Nope. Alright. Here they uh, are. Say goodnight to both of you. Good night, Ralph. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for being there. We will. Good night. Good night. Let's see. I like onions and French mustard. That's my hot dog. Onions and French's mustard. Uh huh. The yellow kind of stuff. Oh. Uh huh. Alright. Well, that's acceptable. Now, I'll take relish too, but I, if, if I only could have two, it'd be French's mustard and onions. Hmm. 714-545-2071. What would you like to have on your hot dog, Patricia? I would like sauerkraut and mustard. That would be good. Or 
mustard and relish. That would be good, too. And now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about chili dogs. I like chili. That's I don't think I ever had a chili dog. I think I need to get out more. It must be a West Coast thing. No, chili dogs are everywhere. They are everywhere? Never had any. Well... I don't think they mail very well, so it's okay if you don't send one. Yeah, so I was just trying to think, how in the world do I get a chili dog to Patricia? I, I think it would probably be easier just to send me out to a fast food place and say, could I please have a chili dog? Okay. That would be, oh, you know, nowadays we know that some places deliver. So when Patricia gets hungry at 3 in the morning, we can start having Colonel Sanders and everybody right. deliver stuff right. to Patricia. $5 for food and $25 to get it here. <laughs> Not a good deal. Well, food is food. I know. I, um, food is food. Food is food. Uh-huh. 714-545-2071. Our theme tonight is hot dogs. What do you like to put on your hot dogs? And this is in honor of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, which is now 75 years old. It debuted in Chicago in 1936. And I've got lots of fun and useless tidbits about hot dogs, like in... Are you ready for this one? This one just blew me away. I had heard this before, but I forgot about it. Mm -hmm. In 1939, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt served Nathan's hot dogs to whom? Do you remember? Hmm. I don't think I know, but I'm trying to figure out strategy here. There's not a whole lot of strategy to hot dogs. Mm -hmm. But it's a surprise. I wonder if anybody else out there knows. Who? I, I don't know. That's a new one on me. You know, I like Hebrews International. I like the old good quality doggies. Hello there, you're on the air. Frankly, my dear. Oh, man. That's a good joke, I guess. Yes? <laughs> Frankly, yeah. Frankly. Should we hang up on you and call back? Oh. No, that's okay. <laughs> How you all doing tonight? This is right fun. off my head, Jim. Well, you know, I was thinking, uh, first of all, I did, I did talk to my friend Peter this morning in New York. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And he's doing fine. He, sa he says he thinks sometimes the press makes things bigger than they are. Well, sometimes it, it, sometimes it turns out that way. Yeah. The problem is you don't know which times. Yeah, well, you, of course, you know, he, he says he's prepared, and my, another friend of mine in Philadelphia is prepared. She says, you know, they, uh, her big worry, you know, uh, is, you know, she says the most that might happen is they've got food, the generation, they have a generator in their apartment, so they're all prepared. And it didn't happen, so anything's possible, you know. But I hope everyone's safe, though, and all our friends in New York and uh, Maryland and all those places are safe. I think I have the answer to who the who the president served. Oh, really? I think so. Go ahead. Uh, the king and queen of England. You got it. All right. 
amazing. He, in his they visited in 1939, King George and yeah. his wife. June, June of June of 39. All right, that's when. If you've ever heard the recording, it's been on the it's on the NBC anniversary show when C. Balberry Smith, Nigel Bruce, yeah. and one other British actor sang Three Little Fishies. Yes, I do have that. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> the way they sang it. <laughs> Whoever said that before today presidents were pompous and put on airs. I mean, that just blew me. Nathan's hot dogs served Nathan's hot dogs to the king and queen of England as his at his Hyde Park, New York home. Well, you know, in 59, when, uh, 1959, when Khrushchev visited the United States, it made the news when he had his first hot dog. Had a hot dog? Yeah, I guess he had never had a hot dog before. I don't remember where it was, but he had a hot dog in 59, and it actually made the news. That would be interesting. If, you, if you're going to have friends from a foreign country come visit you, what would you serve at a meal? Well... You'd have to think about things like <coughs> what would that, what would they like, what would be proper to serve. You know, if it was royalty or a common citizen or Any, anybody. What, uh, what, it's just something that you think they would enjoy. Doesn't King and queen can have hot dogs. We can serve anything. To right. Yeah. Well, I would think a good. You know, I would like. You know, a good. You know, I would a good American. Uh, a good American cheeseburger, maybe. Okay. Or or maybe a um, fried chicken, perhaps. Okay. Or certainly for dessert, you could do something like a, a good, I, I would say, an ice cream cake, maybe. All right, Patricia, like if, if, you're having, well, if you're having the king and queen over for at your apartment tomorrow, mm -hmm. what would you be serving them? <laughs> a whole bowl of embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe... Uh, no, I, I would go with a barbecue. Yeah. Uh -huh. And a barbecue has all different kinds of foods, and that would allow them to pick and choose. But I would go for the fried chicken, hamburgers on the grill, hot uh -huh. dogs, potato salad, coleslaw, all of the traditional foods that Barbecue you beans. Uh-huh, yeah. and a barbecue. And I think that's about as American... Garlic bread or French bread, maybe? Sure. I mean, we've had that at barbecues. That... And for dessert, a nice bowl of ice cream, maybe, or a, uh, some watermelon, oh, perhaps. Oh, chocolate. It has to be for sure. chocolate. Watermelon for sure. Yeah, that would be that'd be that'd be a great way to show the American custom. Uh huh. That'd be, that'd be I went to another country. I would like to have some just down home customary foods. Mm -hmm. Someone always someone told me that the British British meals in London, and I, I don't know if I heard this on the radio or what, but some of the British British food was very bland, and they were talking about some of their meat pies and yeah, things. It's not Seasoned, uh, there are very few seasonings, and it's kind of flat. The uh, actually, you know, in Irish meals are not the spiciest in the world either. Right. They rely on the natural flavors, uh, and in England, same way. What do you think? You know, hot dogs. One one thing now they're now they're fairly common. You can get them frozen, but I remember in the 50s and 60s, it was always a treat to go to a fair or a carnival or somewhere and have those corn dogs. I've never had a corn dog either. You never had a corn dog. I am so deprived. I've never had a chili dog, and I've never had a corn dog. Or she's never had a frozen banana. No, I've never had a frozen banana. Mm -hmm. I've heard they have they pick some fried too some places. I can't imagine a fried banana, but I guess some people eat. <laughs> fried bananas are actually very good. Are they? They are very good. Hmm. In the islands, I don't know if you can get them here. 
but in the islands they have banana chips. Mm-hmm. They're they're like they're not potato chips, but they're along the same line. It's snack food, crispy snack food, sliced very thin and salted, and they're wonderful. Well, corn dogs are best probably. I know you can get them frozen now, and you can heat them in the microwave. But when you, if you get them at fairs and stuff, they're generally fried in a batter. Oh, this is. This and they're on a stick. I tell you though, you know, I I'm blessed that I have a local. I'm blessed I have a fair that's three blocks from my house, and we get really good deals to go over. And I don't know what is it. Everybody must be influenced by the big state fair in Texas. Why? Is everything has to be fried. I don't. I. I, I don't. Texas, get... you mean? You mean fried food? Yeah. Because well, I guess it's a southern tradition. You know, like in Louisiana, it's probably the same way. And our, you know, Elvis. You know, you, you, I've heard about what were those sandwiches that Elvis is liked? Oh. That Elvis liked. Elvis Presley liked. Was it? Was it peanut butter and banana sandwiches? And fried, I think. Peanut butter and bananas. You're right. And it was. It was fried, right, on toast or something. Really? But now they have. Now it's fair you can get fried Oreo cookies, fried ice cream, fried everything. Really? At the Texas State Fair? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's starting to creep into California. Well, maybe maybe sometime when you get Bill on the phone, you can ask Bill about that. But he, he might know. He tells us each year what the foods were. One yeah. year, not very long ago, and that, of course they have a contest which fried food is going to win this year, and that's yeah. where the fried ice cream came from. Somebody served fried butter. Fried yeah. butter? It won. Does that make sense? Anything's possible. Um, well, you know, you hear about these fried, uh, well, I always like, for example, okra. The vegetable okra, we always had it fried. My mother always fried it because it was a southern tradition. Just And the same way with eggplant. It has a cooking taste to it. It has a Christmas to it. Yep. Oh, I like fried eggplant. I like eggplant. You like okra too, fried? I've never tried it. Yeah, you never tried it. Uh, zucchini can be fried. I like fried zucchini. Yeah. Um, they have fried... Um, do you like the fried pies? Like uh, the little pies that are fried, you know, where the crust are fried? I don't think I've had them either. Hmm. I really um, am. You guys are going to have to take me out and have a good time. Well, on as far as condiments on my hot dogs, my favorite, in the same way of hamburgers, mustard and ketchup. Both. The two of them together? Together, yeah. Ooh, that sounds good. Not really a relish fan too much or a sauerkraut fan. Well, that, that sounds really good. I like sandwiches sometimes, uh, particular kinds of sandwiches with mustard on one side and mayonnaise on the other. You like, uh, I was going to ask you about, uh, do you like uh, things like, and sometimes cheese maybe on on burgers, I certainly like cheese. I, and I've had them on hot dogs too. My mom used to also do some, and I forgot what she did. And I guess that people do it, you know, you can have the hot dogs with biscuits. You know, yeah, and there's a way they do it, you know, they put the hot dogs with the biscuits. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had them that way? Uh-huh. On nope. biscuits? No. Nope. What I've had. Me, yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Stuff the hot dog inside of biscuit dough and cook it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's pretty good. And now, do you like the grotwurfs, or do you like the hot links, or regular hot dogs, or? Regular hot dogs. Just regular hot dogs. I like ballpark hot dogs. Yeah. Hebrews International for me. What kind what? do you like? Hebrews International. Not yeah. <laughs> but do you like uh, do you like and do you like chicken hot dogs or turkey hot dogs? No. No. They're dry. 
They're, they're, I don't know. They're not the real it's thing. too bad. But the, the, the turkey products are dry. Like turkey bacon mm -hmm. tastes okay, but it's dry. Well, my parents, when they lived in Saudi Arabia, you know, you couldn't have pork over there. Hmm? So they had beef bacon one time, and my parents just couldn't stand beef bacon. Well, when you start messing around with people's bacon, <laughs> I mean, bacon is a very sensitive food to mess around with. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, well, I like, my, my housemates really like the hot links, you know, like the Louisiana hot links. I don't like hot anything. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, my, I'm just, I used to, but I just don't have the tolerance for it now. What about when you have, ha when you guys, if you ever have hash? Hash? Hash. Corned beef hash. Uh-huh, corned beef hash or something. With fried eggs. What would you, what, what do you have a sauce for it? Uh-huh. Or, or some, some, yeah, some form of com. He, I grew up when we had leftover roast beef. My, we would have, we would put it in and grill it with fried potatoes and onions. Yeah. And we would have a certain condiment with it. Maybe barbecue sauce or. Or ours, ours, I grew up loving is Heinz 57. That's what how we would eat it. On your hash? Yeah. I think that's illegal. It's it's the best thing in the whole wide world. What's that again? Heinz 57 on oh, hash. The oh, the 57 on, sauce, ketchup? Uh, yeah, Heinz 57 sauce on hash. Yeah? There's no way, there's no other better way to have it. Oh. I remember once when I was at some friend's house and they were fixing me steak, and they asked if I wanted any steak sauce. And I'm being raised just with ketchup in our family. I asked for ketchup. <laughs> they served it, but they they acted like I had committed the unpardonable sin, sin or yeah. something. It was. Well, because ketchup, you know, ketchup on a good steak. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll tell you another thing. When John Redman and I was down uh, staying with Bill and Kim, Kim decided to fix a grilled cheese sandwiches. And this must be a Midwest thing, because John and I both like ketchup with grilled cheese sandwiches. Like what? Ketchup. Uh, yeah. And she couldn't, she, she, she being from Pennsylvania, she never heard of such a thing. I never heard of such a thing. Well, see, it must be a Midwest thing. Well, I always like ketchup on my fish over tartar sauce. I never like tartar sauce. I like tartar sauce. I always like ketchup. Uh, and, you know, a lot, when I was in school, we when we had fish on Fridays, they always served it with ketchup. They didn't serve anything else with it. So I guess maybe that's how I got in the habit of being I a real I guess you like everything with ketchup. Yeah, ketchup is... Uh, you know, the thing got me was it kept have more salt than or more sugar than some of the breakfast food or something. What ketchup? Does? Yeah. What has more sugar or it, salt? I think, yeah, ketchup it does. It does. Yeah. Hmm. But you use so little of it. No, but do you like barbecue sauce generally? I do. Yeah. The both, strong kind, the hickory type, or the. Both in the store, both eyes. Yeah. It's a hickory. Taste. Well, I always enjoyed the, uh, uh, the real, you know, I always, I always generally like, generally I like, uh, things like, you know, I, I like the, uh, I like my french fries when I have french fries to really be crisp. I won't tell deep, you really what. Really deep fried, you know, with, with crisp, uh, tell you what you I can, put on my you french can taste the batter, kind of. You put Not soggy french fries, you but, you know, everyone, you know, likes their own stuff. You dip, um, it, you dip it in peanut butter, Patricia? No. Oh, okay. 
Now, when you do peanut butter, do you like the creamy kind or do you like the crunchy kind? Oh, good grief. No lumps in my food. <laughs> no lumps in my food. Creamy kind. What's that again? Creamy. Yeah. I put butter on French fries. Yeah. Oh, do you eat, do you eat yours sense. just plain? Your French fries. Say that again? You eat your French fries just plain? Um, with with margarine or butter and salt. Okay. But don't tell anybody I put the margarine on it. Okay. It. I mean, that's like fried butter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know there was a sandwich that, uh, there was some breakfast sandwich that Burger King fixed a few years ago that was supposed to be really high in calories. I forgot what was in it. Eggs, ham or bacon. Oh, that's the Egg McMuffin. Oh, was it the Egg McMuffin? There was one at Burger King that was even more than... Yeah, well, I don't think McDonald's or Burger King puts out anything under 2,000 calories. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I do have a surprise for you guys, though. Yeah? What's that? Well, on August 28th, and it's August 28th here now, and it will be shortly out by you, mm -hmm. on August 28th in 1837, pharmacist John Lee and William Perrins manufactured... What? Dr. Pepper? Lee and Perrins. Worcestershire sauce. They invented... Really? Oh. Okay. You are talking about all of your condiments. Yeah. That's an In 1837, does it make me wonder why pharmacists put this together? Well, you know, um, was Dr. Pepper put together by a pharmacist? Yes, uh-huh, it was. It was? It was. I mean, Dr. Pepper is just cherry soda, for goodness sake. I know, but a pharmacist made it. But if a pharmacist did this, it must have had some kind of, or they assumed it had some kind of a medicinal value. Well, you know, the thing about Dr. Pepper is, it's the one soda that nobody's ever been able to duplicate. You know, 7-Up and Sprite taste similar to me. Uh, Coke and Pepsi taste similar. Uh, there are other drinks that taste similar, but Dr. Pepper has a flavor all its own. Would you agree there? I've always thought it tasted like a cherry Coke. Yeah. Um, well, now, with, now was Coca-Cola originally a, a pharmaceutical product? I mean, it, it, it had, had cocaine, cocaine in it at one time. It had the real cocaine in it. It so, had cocaine in it, yeah. So, I was wondering, was that really a pharmacist deal? Well, uh, no, because they manufactured, the, the, the syrup was manufactured and provided to soda fountains and bottlers who actually, they pulled water out of lakes and rivers and mixed it with the Coca-Cola syrup, but the Coca-Cola syrup was manufactured in a central location. So I don't know. That's a great question. Well, I know that it was, you know, of course, you remember a few years ago when they had that big fiasco about classic Coke, and they tried to do a modern Coke, and it just bombed miserably. People wanted the classic or the old-fashioned Coke. Yep. They had to bring the old-fashioned or classic Coke back. Boy, there are some things you don't mess with, and your Coca-Cola is one of them. Yeah, I can't get, uh, well, I've discovered now, when I go to a store now, it's very hard for me to find RC Cola now, Royal Crown here. I don't know if it's just sold back east now, or... Oh, that's interesting. I haven't, I don't look at sodas. I know, well, another one that you used to, you, you used to see quite often, you don't see as much as A&W Root Beer. You don't see A&W? Not as much. In case you do. I know they have the A and W. They used to have the A and W drive-ins around the country, yeah. different places. But A and W did wonder, that. Was, I wonder what A and W stood for. I don't know. 
Hmm. It was a good root beer, though, as yeah, I recall. Yeah, sure They still make frosty root beer? I never heard of it. I never heard of it either. It was big in the 50s and 60s. I know Hires was a big brand. Right, oh, yeah. And Dad's old-fashioned root beer, yeah. of course. So we, 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 we really covered the gamut tonight. Soda, hot dogs, uh, hamburgers, I guess, corn dogs. <laughs> Mustard, relish, yeah. sauerkraut, and Worcestershire sauce. Right. <laughs> we did. Uh, do you like sauerkraut on your hot dogs or not? Sauerkraut on my hot dogs. Either sauerkraut and mustard or relish and mustard. Yeah. I'll accept. So you've never had a chili dog? Never had a chili dog. Hmm. Well, I get, do you have a, uh, what are the, what's that place called that does hot dogs? Do you have a wiener schnitzel down where you live? No. Okay. I'm so deprived, you know? I mean, I'm going to have to come out and see you guys. Yeah. Take me to all of I know. Wiener schnitzel's been around for 50 years now, Jim. That's what the commercial's on. Really? 50 years now? Yeah. What's 50 years? Wiener schnitzel. It's a fast food hot dog place out here. And actually, uh, there was another article. You know what Wiener schnitzel is? It's a it's a German something, right? German food. Yeah, it's called yes, yeah. Feel. Ah, oh. actually, you know what the most famous hot dog here in LA is? Nathan's. Nope, that's New York. Uh, what? Pink's. Pink hot dog stand, the most famous. It's been around since the 30s. Yeah. And one night, everybody. When Bill and Kim were out here in the West Coast, the family reunion, we broadcast on Saturday. We got done. At 10.30 at night, uh, Pink's hot dog dance near Frank's studio. So we went over. Guess how long, guess how long we waited on a Saturday night starting at 10.30 to get a hot dog? Probably a long time. We sure did. We Gee, waited, that crowded, huh? We waited over an hour. Wow. To get a pink hot dog. Plain hot dog. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Was it worth it? Yes. Hour for a hot dog? Yes. You're kidding. No, I ain't telling you the truth. I have. I thought I was a patient person. <laughs> I stand for an hour for a hot dog. So you had to wait over an hour. Huh? Yeah. That it was, everybody was standing in line to get their pink hot dogs. Wow. And they, it's on the web, so if people want to look up the history of pinks. Hot dog in Los Angeles. It was a good hot dog place in Long Beach. My brother used to go to too, where he, it, they actually had Chicago dogs there. Hmm. Um, by the way, I, well, since you live down there, are Dodger dogs all they're cracked up to be? Yes, they are. They are. They made by Farmer John, and I don't know if you heard the news. Vince Gill is going to continue broadcasting. Yeah, I think I thought I heard that. Yep, this yep. He's going to do his 63rd baseball season next year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And the reason why he said, I love talking to the people. Some of the fans sent him chocolate chip cookies and different things like that. And so I think Aww. I think he would miss. He said he would miss. Boy, I'll bet. They yeah. would miss him. Well, you know, that, it is nice when somebody has been in the business that long and continues to, uh, I don't, maybe perform isn't the word, uh, broadcast. Yeah. And keep and keep the momentum going, and, and he has a he has a loyal and even 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 if the team isn't doing well this year, he has a loyal audience. Yep, and he said right now he winning losing doesn't really matter. It's just he said I don't know what I would do with my time, but he said I just love being with people. Yeah, and he's he's the kind of person who needs to keep going. Uh huh. 
Good night. Okay, Jim, are you ready for a question? Okay. All right. Wait, Daisy. <laughs> what the hell? Alden, <laughs> I, uh, I cannot send you to your room. You're going to ask me about a certain, question about a certain radio show? I'm going to ask what Daisy's second puppy's name is, but I don't think Patricia's going to... I think she'll strike that question down. One day, I, I will surprise... Maybe one day I'll get the courage... You know what, Jim? He doesn't know either. <laughs> Listen to some Blondie shows. Uh, one of those things like, uh, it would be kind of like, I, I guess I can do it when Patricia decides she will listen to the, her all available, available episodes of Nona from Nowhere, maybe. Oh, I, I will do that because they're so bad they're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, Walden doesn't... Okay, I'll try. I can't think of any prize this time. I'll just have to do it for the fun of answering. Okay. She'll just send you a lifetime supply of blank CDs. Oh, no. sounds good. I'm running, I'm running low on CDs. You can't do that. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I want you to know, though, Jim, Walden didn't even know Daisy had puppies. So when you call again and he asks you what what Daisy's puppies' names were, you can start out with Romper and Bouncer and just go right down the line. And he'll never know if you're telling the truth. Okay. Sounds like a winner to me. Uh-huh. All right. You know, I'm I'm getting a little bit messed up on my questions here. Forgive me if I've already asked this, but I know I did. Yeah, what is Blondie's first name? Whose first name? Blondie. You know, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know if you did you ever say. I don't even know. <laughs> name was Blondie. What the, I know right. it, it, the Bumstead is the last name. That's right. Right. I do know that. Right. Okay. All right. Did you know, we're going back to comic book trivia here, when Blondie was first introduced in the 1930s, she was not married to Dagwood. He was her suitor. Hmm. She got married in the middle of the Depression. Yeah. That was a lift for people who loved Blondie. Okay, Super McGee and Molly spawned two spin-off shows. What were they? Uh, the Great Gildersleeve. Right. Which was most well known. Huh? And Beulah. Very good. Marlon Hurd and Beulah originally, and then Beulah later, when Mar after Marlon Hurd died. Yeah, that was it. That was a, and it's interesting that both of those shows were fairly successful. Yes, they were, but you know, uh, the success was really um, it, it pivoted on Marlon Hurd. Yeah. It was an okay show after he died, but. When he started the show, everybody loved him, and they remembered him from Fever McGee and Molly. But by the time, and, and by the time the other actresses uh, act, well, there was one other actor. Was it Bob Corley that played him afterwards? Bob somebody, I think it was Corley or something like that. And then uh, I believe Louise uh, somebody, and uh, Hattie McDaniel, or Lillian Randolph played her, and Amanda played him, played her in the fifties. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, somebody ball for Beulah. But, you know, certainly Gildersleeve was a... Uh, and it's interesting how the character just totally changed after he went to Summerfield. Uh-huh. Right. But it was a good show. Uh, Gildersleeve was always one of my favorite comedies. You got to really like the characters on the show. Yeah. You knew what they were like. You knew their idiosyncrasies. Uh-huh. Their personalities. I mean, getting Judge Hooker, uh, getting Judge Hooker and him together, certainly Leroy was... Very enjoyable, and, and all, all the characters were just likable characters. It was it was pr probably one of the better sitcoms, I thought. 
Well, anyway, I want to wish you both a good evening. Thank you, Jim. You have a good night, and we'll... Again, our, our, our hope is and faith is with all those people on the East Coast that tomorrow will be, if not a normal day, not as bad as people feared, perhaps. I hope so. I, I truly hope so. I, th I think they're in for a mighty run for their money tonight, but we can hope for the best for them. I'm sure by this time tomorrow night, a lot of them will be happy to go to bed tomorrow, and hopefully the worst of it will be over after tomorrow. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, well, anyway, Walden, you have a good evening, too. All right, Jim, I appreciate that. I'll try to call you this week sometime. By the way, I'm really, uh, thanks again for sending the Kate Smith. And by the way, I looked up in the gold index. Mm -hmm. I did look up November 20, November 10th, 1938 in his database. Yeah. He did not have that show listed, so I don't know if he has it yet and just hasn't published it or... Or, uh, and I didn't look up the Kate Smith show yet, but as far as the database for dates go, I didn't see it listed for November 10th in Golden's Index. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, then. Sounds hey, good. Hey, Jim, thanks for calling. Talk to you later. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. 714 You have a nap today. No. Uh-oh. No, and I woke up early. Uh-oh. Before 5. Uh-oh. Around 5. Uh-oh. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing reasonably well. 714-545-2071. Give it a call. We have phone lines open and would love to hear from a new family member tonight. That's right. Give us a call. I know you're out there. I know you're out there. And we have what? even Steve who sends me an email occasionally, but never calls me. We, we'd be happy to be adopted. There she is. Hello there. You're on air. Well, good evening, people. You are you are dry? So far. No, you're okay, friend? Nothing? Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here waiting patiently for Irene to arrive. Okay. She's going to be your date for the day, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're all got everything moved in that can possibly be blown away. You and now we're just sitting here waiting. Well, how's the, how's the barn? Is the barn going to be all locked up? What's the barn going to be like? It's locked up the best it can be. I got There's a couple of windows that are in out there. Okay. There might be a few more after tomorrow. I don't know. Okay. Um, we, we, put, we put everything inside that we could. We got it all locked down. So, uh, my, my big worry is I got a big tree right outside my bedroom window. I oh, just hope great. that stays erect. Oh, great. Okay, Walden, what if... I don't need that falling on the house, that's for sure. Can you hear me, Walden? Yeah, I can, Patricia. Uh, when, remember what you... I'm going to have to call back again. I'm on, I'm on the wrong phone. I still can't hear Patricia if she's saying okay. anything. Okay. Hold on. Well, let me adjust you, Fred. Go ahead, Patricia. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay, I don't know what Walden does. <laughs> well, I have the, just for everybody who may or may not know, I have switches, knobs, and good stuff like that there. And we have a telephone mixer, which I have control of Patricia's, what she hears, and what Fred hears. And so all I need to do is just move some things around. Okay. Pretty nice. I, I think that... Well, no, I'm not hearing her again. Well, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> have to say something first. Well, see, I don't even know if you're saying anything. <laughs> leave it turned up. Yeah, anyway, uh... The other end, you can't... Yeah, I'm getting a little nervous. 
So is your bedroom on the second sto story? Yes. Um, I think by the time it gets to you, yeah. it's going so to the second floor. Or land sufficient. Yeah, I can look outside and see the tree. I'm hearing you, Alden. I, I think it'll be okay, though. It's, it's kind of uh, uh, kind of protected by other stuff all around it. So, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Well, um, by the time it gets to Vermont, it will have traveled over enough land that it should be yeah, in a whole lot of world. Poor Fred. Okay, let me see if I can make it better for you, Fred. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You can always call back on the other phone. The other one seems to work better. I don't yeah, know. I think so. Okay, why don't you call back on the other phone, Fred? Maybe that will help. Okay, okay. I'll give it a try. All right. We should try with yeah, Fred. Yeah, I think we can understand him better, too, when he does that. Yeah. On the other phone. And I got his his switch always to the height now. Well, yeah, see, it's it's just not good. So you think Vermont's going to be not, not heavily impacted? No, huh? because it will have traveled over New York City. It will have clobbered Boston, and he might get... At, and this is a guess on my part. He'll he'll get some good wind and rain, but certainly not to the extent that because uh, it, it's the waterfront that's getting hit so hard, mm -hmm. and uh, you know electricity out all the way up the coast because they are getting hit so hard. So um, what we've got tonight: my stump Walden question, mm -hmm. your baseball question, your brain teaser. And I would accept two answers for your brain teaser. So just two, huh? What do you mean, just two? Oh. <laughs> well, you're hard to please tonight. No, I get that. I always come up with more than one sometimes. Oh, well. Well, anyway, if you have never called us before, and you will do that for us, if you call in, I will automatically send you radio shows that you choose. You cannot go wrong with that deal. And you get to pick out the show, too. Yeah. I think it's really wonderful. That's very nice. Of Patricia. Yeah, I think it's it's very wonderful. So I've got information about rationing during the war, which we have never touched on. Uh -huh. And I wanted to remind people that Frank Brzee said that in a few weeks he will spend some time with us mm -hmm. on Saturday night and talk about the personal relationship he had with Sibber McGee. That would be good. I need her to call Shirley Mitchell and June Foray and get uh -huh. those two on and hear them in September. Can you imagine September this next week, everybody? I want to talk about it. Hope yeah. you get, I hope everybody got their Christmas shopping done by now. Yeah, it, what do we have, 125 days left? Serious, <laughs> I came across that today. I think it's 125 days. Uh, you, better, you better hurry up, everybody. Time is running out. Awful. All right, I've got some information about books because we talk about electronic books every once in a while. You bet, ebooks, uh huh. Borders is finally closing its last 399 stores with 11,000 employees. They originally had 1,200 stores. Mm -hmm. And Michael Norris, who is the Simba Industry an Analyst, I don't know what the <laughs> analyst is, said the embattled publishing industry was grim about the prospects of digital books filling up the revenue gap. There are going to be fewer people buying books 
and this is a quote, if people believe that every former Borders customer is going to buy a book electronically and turn into an e-book consumer, they believe in the tooth fairy. <laughs> hello, Lou, you're on the air. Well, hello. Here we are. We're back again. All right, Fred. Fred, I'm going to need to do this anyway, probably tomorrow. This is my non-electric phone, so. Ah. Okay, can you hear okay now? Yep, now I can hear great. <laughs> what I was telling you were words of, of soothing nature, that by the time it crossed over New York and hit the Boston area, it will have traveled over enough land that you're going to get clobbered with some rain and maybe some wind, but it, it's not going to be anything like the coast is experiencing now. Well, that's good. Yeah, you should be okay. I mean, I'm just... You know, even, even 60 mile an hour wouldn't scare the hell out of me. <laughs> it should. That, that stuff's just scary. Powerful but, wind. But we got a lot of mountains around me, too. That that should help break it up, I would think. And how. And how. And, of course, the colder it gets over the water, the more power it loses. It starts to develop a wind shear. But it hasn't yet. Well, um, and all the... Listing. I, got, I mean, I'm already here. I got my uh, my weather, my national the radio. I got off you guys off the auction. Uh, I don't know if you remember that the national weather radio. Uh -huh. And if, it, if the battery dies, you can wind it. It's got a weather band on it. Ah, uh, perfect. Yeah, so, so that's you, all here. You're, you're ready to go. I'm, I'm buckered down, ready. Got all my candles. Good for you. Ready to go in Shake. case we lose power. I'm, I'm not anywhere near. I think our biggest danger is going to be flooding. Uh -huh. are, are you near anything, any waterway, any springs, any? I'm near a river, but it it, it would have to. I mean, I'm, I'm quite quite a ways uphill from it. Okay. But if I got on my bike, I could coast down and go over the bridge. So it's all the way uphill to get to me. Okay. I, I don't think. I'm in too much danger. I mean, that, that, it could flood, but if it did, I don't think it would, would come up this far. Um, flooding is going to be a significant problem because it's not going to lose, it, it, it's just picking up water as it goes. Right. Um, and they're talking three to six inches of rain. And flash flooding warnings all day tomorrow, I guess. Uh, in some areas, a foot. Oh, wow. I know. Well, I'm glad I don't live along Lake Champlain right now. I don't know. It, it's just such a scary storm because something like this has never happened before. They've had storms come in occasionally, and rarely a storm will come in the northeast. But to hug the coast all the way up and make landfall more than once is is just an extraordinary experience. There's so much happening this year that is different. Oh. I mean, all like all the tornadoes out west that they're having, that they say they're having more of them, and the ones they're having are bigger and they're staying down longer. I had a friend give me a scary thought tonight. What? He, he's got a theory that with all this weather stuff, he thinks the poles are changing again. Oh, I think so too, and I think the earthquake in Japan helped in the shift. It it moved the axis. It it adjusted the axis. Uh, the, the earthquake in Japan did. It changed the axis, so. That's a scary thought. Huh? That is a real scary thought, because they say it's never happened during the age of man, right? I know it's happened before, they think, but never while man's been here, I don't think. What? What didn't happen? The poles have changed before, they think. Yeah. 
But not not while man was around. Oh, I don't think that's correct. Oh, no? No. And if I could get on the Internet, I would tell you. <laughs> I'm still stuck here. <laughs> what about, well, that would really, I mean, I, I'm trying to think what that, that would definitely mess with everything electric, right? It would be all worthless. Say that again about electric? Would all our electricity stuff be totally worthless? In what, cir in what circumstances? If the axis, the, the poles changed, the magnetic. Oh, 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 I see what you're asking. Um, I don't know. I'm not a science person. That's my understanding. It's I mean, kind of, I mean, kind of similar to, like, you can't take an American television over to Europe and plug it in because it's different. Oh, interesting. Our, our electricity, I thought, was based on, I could be wrong, too. I know how to put batteries in a flashlight. Yeah. That's the extent of my knowledge of power. And when it goes out, I know I'm missing something. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a scary business when you don't have any power. Do you have water and food? Yes, we have. Uh, I, I filled up uh, with drugs of water. So we got enough water if, if, we, if, if that, we need that. And then I... Uh, we got a bunch of, me and my housemate got a bunch of, uh, uh, like, canned food and stuff. That's good. Uh, we had plenty of food, but it was all in the fridge and freezer, you know what I mean? That uh, so I was afraid of losing power. Start eating the stuff that's in the refrigerator. Um, if you've got room in your freezer, fill up some bottles of water, plastic bottles or jars or um, Tupperware containers, and put them in the freezer. Because if your power goes out, you've got ice to put in your refrigerator. Oh, we've got, like, we also bought four bags of ice we got in the freezer right now. Excellent. Excellent. So you do have room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, you're, oh. you're a good preparer. Yeah. I'd rather over-prepare than under-prepare, that's for sure. Oh, indeed. And I, I wish with my whole heart that people who just dug in and said we're not going to do anything had the same attitude, but they don't. Yeah. Don't. It's, you know, it's Mother Nature, man. You don't want to mess with her. I know. Okay, so, here's your question for tonight. What? What's that? And here's your question for tonight. Okay. And if you were listening, you know the answer. I wasn't. I just woke up about 20 minutes, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, a couple of weeks ago, if you were listening. Now, see, you know, sometimes I pick these things up from weeks ago. Okay. So tell me whether or not you really were listening. Oh, uh, no. I have a bad memory, too. I'm getting old. Did you just <laughs> you were listening. See, I can differentiate now. You can tell me that you're listening, but you have to prove it now. Okay. Who was the Queen of the West? What's that? The Queen of the West? Mm -hmm. Who uh, was the Queen of the West? Dale Rogers. Oh, why? Very good. I bet her name was Dale Evans. Dale Evans, yeah. Well, I think she was Dale Evans Rogers. That's right. Yeah. So we can we can accept that. That's right. She's still with us, right? I beg your pardon? She's still around, right? She, she's gone now. She's gone. Well, I'm thinking of Gene Autry's wife. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, his second wife is still with us. Yeah, okay. Um, you guys were talking about soda earlier. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a diehard Pepsi man, okay? I always have been. Mm -hmm. Um, but I miss, when I was a kid, used to get soda in the glass bottles. Oh, yeah. And it's not the same in plastic. 
Frost was also intrigued me at the kid with the decoration on the bottles. You know, the red, the the way they had the emblems and the red kids and the different colors. Yeah. Always intrigued me as a kid. To me, it was the taste. It just all tastes the same. Mm-hmm. Even today, every now and then, they'll uh, put out a special edition for like, I remember like three summers ago, they did one of them racing up here on NASCAR. Mm-hmm. And they came out with a special edition glass bottles. For the, for the, you know, they had the, the NASCAR guy in the front yeah. and stuff. It, I, went, I went crazy. I bought as many as I could just to drink them. It's also, it's not the same having a Coke from a soda stand versus what you buy in the store either. No, it's not. And Much different. Yeah. It's not. See, I'm not, I'm not a Coke drinker. I don't like Coke, but I can drink it from a fast food place because it's, so, it's watered down. Mm-hmm. When you go to like a Burger King or a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less. It's not as strong. I think I think they add more water to it. Is my guess. Yeah, I agree. What do you like on your hot dogs? My hot dogs. Oh, this is a. This is easy. Uh, I like to put mustard on the bottom of the bun. Can't be on the top. Hmm. Put just mustard on the bottom of the bun, and that's it. Pick one in the middle and the on top. You know, on the bottom of the bun makes sense because then you don't get a mouthful of mustard when you bite the hot dog. Exactly. It's a lot less messier. Well, aren't you fun? That's smart. So, anything else? Um, as far as... Goodies. Goodies on it? Nope. Plain old mustard, that's it. I mean, I can eat it with ketchup. Mm-hmm. I used to be a ketchup kid when I, when I was a kid. But, um, it, it's kind of a, a, a weird thing that you ask because, uh, you know, I coach basketball, and it's gotten to be a tradition now. Um, we have, a, like, a stack bar at the games, and I, after every home game, they know exactly what I want, and I'll walk in, and they'll give me my hot dog for free after every game. Uh, and they make sure they put the mustard on the bottom of the bun for me, they give it in, and do the exact same thing I need. Yeah, it's pretty nice. So here's, here's, here's a stack bar. I don't eat hot dog either, though. I can't eat, I can't eat, like, like, the stuff you buy in the packages, like McKinsey and all, like, it's got to be natural casing. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be a beef dog. Okay. Well, you can get ballpark franks. Yeah. I like ballpark franks. They're good. All right. So, well, Fred, we were kicking this at a sidebar trivia. Let me ask you. Okay. Should I say you have the royal family come over for dinner tomorrow? What, okay. What will you serve them as a meal? What would I serve them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord, you want to keep relations good between us and England, right? <laughs> I would order out. <laughs> Have pizza delivered? That's right. <laughs> Too much fun. That Although I did get my hi-hat recipe. I finally found it. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. How did you find Did you Did you pay your uncle? Or did uh, you yeah, well, you know, he just gave it to me. I was surprised. <laughs> Yeah, he gave it to me. Now, I don't know if I can do it or not. That's the next step. It's like a butterscotch frosting and stuff. I'm not sure how good I'm going to be at it, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. How big is the recipe? How many do you have to make? Oh, he uh, he, he toned it down for me. So what what I got from him was, uh, I think it was like a dozen. Oh, okay. Um, the other thing i got to find is I've got to make sure if i got the right sheets. You need the right kind of baking sheets to do them, uh-huh. because it's they're, they're a certain shape, 
And Dad had all those baking sheets at one time. I gotta see if I still got them. Cause they're expensive to buy, I think. You have everything else. You should have the sheets. Yes, I, I think I do. It's a matter of finding, find, looking for them down there. But would it, so it, it be in the barn? They might be. Okay. Either in the barn or down the cellar. Oh, and on those, uh, the record player. I went out and looked. And I do have a couple out there that take. I got good news and bad news. I don't know if you found a '78 player yet or not. Okay. I've got a couple out there. Um. But both of them are really big. They're like, like one's uh, really cool. I had it in the house for a while. It's uh, it's got an eight track on it, an AM, FM radio, and record player, and it all works. Even it's even got a remember seventies how strobe lights were the big deal. Oh yeah. It's even got a little light in the speaker that flashes on and off of the music. The problem with it, and the same with the other one I got is the needles aren't any good on the record players. Uh-oh. So he would have to find another needle. Yeah, you can buy them. They're they're available. Okay. I think the place a lot of people go to is called 78rpm.com. I think we're sell needles. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he's, if he wants to, uh, you know, call me or email me, which I forgot to give you my email address the other day, but, okay. um, you know, he's welcome to... To, 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 if he wants to pay for the shipping on one of these things, you know, I'm welcome. I'm trying to ship one out to him, but I don't know how much that's going to be. They're both pretty big. Okay. They're not like tabletop deals. Up to you, Tom. You decide if you want a, a, a big old 78 record player to play those 78 records. I mean, neither one of them were just a record player. had gotten under one spot that leaked and it was all wet. You know, my mother, you know how much my mom paid for electric type, her last electric typewriter? This must have been over 20 years ago. Probably what my parents paid for me. That's what I got going to college. Yeah. What do you think, Patricia? About a, electric, a brand new electric typewriter 20 years ago. What do you 20 think? years ago? Yeah. Um, $400. But 700 Shoot. Wait, wow. What? Yeah. Yeah. What kind? Oh, like, uh, butters? Cats. Yeah. I know there was a guy here that I got mine um, going to, uh, before I went away to college, which well, I graduated 25 years ago, so it was almost 30 years ago now. And there was a guy here that made his made a business off just fixing those things. That was his, his business. And he's been out of business now for... It didn't last much longer after I had it. I think I took it there a couple times. I've work on it. Um, oh, I think I, I, I think I got us a couple new view, uh, listeners too. All right. Who is this? Yeah, I, I hope I. Uh, I met. I had something exciting happen to me this weekend, which was kind of cool. A girl I went to college with. Um, she. I didn't see her since our fifth reunion. So it was like 20, 20 years ago. And she kind of fell off the face of the earth out of sight. And I've tried to find her a couple of times, but she had a real common name, so it wasn't real easy to look her up. Well, she found me on Facebook about two years ago. And we've been talking on Facebook and stuff. And her and her boyfriend were in, uh, in the Rutland area Friday. They were on their way back from camping, and they called, she called me and said, 
you know, we're going to be coming into Rutland, you want to meet somewhere. So we did. It was really cool. We went out, we had lunch, and we just talked for three hours, and Old Town Radio came up. Oh, wow. So I uh, told them about Yesterday USA, and she bookmarked the app on her little phone. And said they were going to start listening, so hopefully they they do that. Well, that would be great fun. Hey, so what's your first name? Debbie. Whoa, Debbie out there. Debbie from New Hampshire. And her boyfriend? I forgot. <laughs> I'm bad with names. <laughs> it was the first time I met him. The poor guy, I met him five minutes earlier. We're walking into the restaurant, and a friend of mine walked out, and I introduced him to Debbie that I couldn't introduce him to the boyfriend because I forgot his name already. See, you forgot my instructions. What's that? What did, I, what did I not do? You forget somebody's name. Now, you said, this is Debbie, and she would say, how do you do? I'm glad to meet you. And then you say, and this is her boyfriend. Yeah, and just, right. And I should have done that. I said, and this is, oh, I'm sorry, then Debbie introduced him, so that was good. But yeah, yeah, they were. He was a nice guy. So it was a nice, nice conversation, and it was just fun to see her again. It's been so long, but hopefully she'll start listening. I hope so too. Okay, what can I send you? I've already got. What have we got? I got so much stuff. I don't know what I. I think it's easier to list what I don't have. Uh, what about? I was listening the other day. Walden. I had a show last night. I thought I had all the Amos and Andy, but I don't remember this episode where somebody gets shot. Oh, Andy gets shot at the altar, yeah. And then it stops. That's right. So I need to know what happened. But he um, else did, too. They, they, they didn't tell anybody what happened. No, they didn't tell. And they, had, they, went, to, they went to a jury trial. So the only way you can really find out is you, if you go online, uh, Elizabeth McLeod... I think writes out the storyline on her website. Oh, okay. So I think that's how you can find out what happened with so the So there was no next episode. Well, I have not gone through... I have, I don't think I listened to very much after that. There's only 15... Uh, there's only six of the 15-minute episodes. And so that's why we have very few of that particular one. Okay. Yeah. What about Truth or Consequences? Can you get those? Uh, we, we have a, there should be some out there. Really? I have 18 or so. That'll work. Okay, I will go find them. Okay, I went and no, played. No, I have a couple. I went and played the documentary last night that Ralph Edward talked about. Truth that was good, I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, wasn't that fun? Yeah. Yeah, was, it was pretty funny. It was funny. Uh, some, some of the things that they oh, yeah. came up with. I'd be interested to find out who won the race. The guy on the pogo stick or the guy on the fly around the world? <laughs> I thought that was such a neat idea. Can you imagine what fun it must have been working for Ralph Edwards? Just come up with crazy ideas for put put in a game show? Yeah. You yeah. know, that's you know that's how Milt Orson, you know, the uh he he was a writer for, for Ralph Edwards and he was always daydreaming looking outside his daughter's mansion. And he said that would be perfect for, for me for him to build the magic castle because Milt works with his hand. So he told Ralph, you know, if you let me go work on on this mansion to build it, I can think of all these crazy things while I'm working on it, and Ralph let him do it. 
I like it. That's a pretty good boss. Yeah, it is. That's a pretty good boss. Now, is he, did he produce the uh, the TV show with Bob Barker? Yeah. He did? Yeah. That's 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 my truth or consequences. Yeah. I remember growing up with that. And that was a pretty good show, too. It was a great show. Jack Bailey was also hosting Bob Barker. And my dad... My dad and Bob Barker one one night closed down the bars in Truth of Consequences, New Mexico. Yeah? Yeah. Your dad went out with Bob Barker? Uh-huh. That's, that's a story. Yeah, it was a story. See, Truth of Consequences is where all the hot springs are. And so he drove a couple of relatives down there to enjoy the mineral baths. And there used to be that the Truth of Consequences TV show has to go out there once a year for a whole week to to tape the TV shows. And, you know, during the day, Bob was busy at night. He didn't have anything to do, so he met my... Somehow, they, my dad and him met, and they just... My dad said all Bob was saying, he just couldn't wait that the week was over. That way he can go home and go back to L.A. You know, it, it was not much to do in Truthful Consequences, New Mexico at night. So they just went around and... Little bar hopping. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Did I ever tell you a quick story about how I went to my first baseball game? I might have told you. No. How did you do it? Tell me. Um, well, it was in the 70s, mm -hmm. and it was a pre-Olympic stadium. Mm -hmm. The Expos were still playing at Jerry Park. Right. And uh, we were up there. We were taking our boat as far up as we could from Lake Champlain up into, uh, we, lived like, we had like a cabin cruiser. It slept like seven people. And we took it up the St. Lawrence Seaway into Canada. And we got up to about a half hour outside of Montreal, 45 minutes, and we busted into Montreal for a week. And we're staying at the hotel that the Expo players stayed at, because a lot of them weren't American, weren't Canadians. So even when they were were playing, even when they were home, they lived in a hotel in Montreal. Right. And we're at that same hotel. And I don't know what, if we were heading downstairs or upstairs. I think we were heading back upstairs, back up to the room. But it was just me and my mom. I don't know if we come down for breakfast or what 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 it was. But we're on the elevator and Rusty Staub and two other players get on. And Rusty Staub starts flirting with my mom. And my mom's probably oh she's probably thirty nine at the time. But she was a real beautiful redhead, you know, and a really a nice looking lady. And so he starts flirting with her and Basically playfully, because I think he knew she was married and stuff. But she she had her all red though. I can remember that. And then he goes, "Well, here, why don't you come watch me play today?" And I knew who he was. I was I was just like starstruck. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a big baseball fan at the time. And uh, he gave her two tickets to the game right there. And so my older brother and me went to the game that day. Curtis, uh, courtesy of Rusty Stubb. <laughs> Great story. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, that was kind of our only brush with fame as far as meeting with famous people, but I thought it was kind of neat. As a seven-year-old kid, I was, I was in awe. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even, I was, I was so starstruck, I couldn't even ask the guy for his autograph or anything. Right. I was just like, right. wow, a real major leaguer, you know, they, those guys were like God to me back then. So...
Sounds like fun. Okay, I can send you Amos and Andy. What else would you like? You've got This Is Your FBI coming, and The Big Show is coming. Well, you had know, Truth or Consequences. That's right. I wrote it down. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were telling me how to remember? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have, I'm, I'm sitting here a little bit distracted because I just turned on the weather reports, and New York City is getting hit with 80-mile-an-hour winds, and they're, Con Ed is afraid that uh, they're going to have some underground cable damage. Oh, well, I heard that the power in Vermont, CVPS, I heard they were going to shut the power off themselves. Yeah, and, and they're saying they, they haven't made a decision yet to, to shut it off, but they're afraid they'll have to. Well, I, I, that's the one thing I hate is being without power. Okay, so you can call in the morning and let us know how you're faring, okay? If I'm awake, I'll do that. All right. You have, hey, a, hey, have a good night. You too, Fred. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's one of our family members we wondered about, so there. So always Fred is hunkered down. I wonder where that cash plate came from, hunkered down. I like that. I like that word. Uh -huh. Yeah, you learned it from me. I know. Hunkered. Yeah, I spread joy wherever I go. <laughs> And sometimes words. Uh-huh. Well, as long as we're on baseball, would you like your baseball question? Sure. Okay, we'll save the rest for later. Mm -hmm. Your baseball question. On July 31st, this year, the Atlanta Braves lost their 10,000th game when the Florida Marlins beat them 3-1. to one. Only one other major league team in franchise history is ahead of them. With more than with more than ten thousand losses, mm -hmm. who is that team? I think it's the Philadelphia Phillies. <sighs> yes, it is. Okay. This is terrible. I all of this homework, <laughs> and you know all of the answers. Well, see, I actually didn't do a lot of homework. Well, I guess I did because I pay attention to everything I read, and that I came across that one. See, do you know what year the Philadelphia Phillies achieved the status of having lost? Not too long ago, I, about two or three years ago, or something. Give it a try. Give it a shot. Um, two o seven. Yes. Oh, this is terrible. I quit. <laughs> I'm not going to play with you anymore. Gee, you're my playmate. All right. Well, never mind. Now I'll give you the history question. Okay. I'll I'll show you, and this I'll accept two answers for this. All right. Um, in uh, well, actually, it really should be one. Be tough. Be tough. Uh, say what? Be tough. You tough. You, you be tough. All yeah, right. I want one answer. Yeah, one. <laughs> okay. In what year? was the donkey officially used for the first time as a symbol representing the Democratic Party. Well, we, we know officially the Democrat uh, Party started with Andrew Jackson. He was the seventh president, and he ran in 1832. Um, but, no, he's the first elected Democrat. Let me think. Um, how about 1828? Eight, that's, that's why I was going to accept two answers. Uh -huh. Because the Democrat, what became the Democratic donkey, 
was first associated with Andrew Jackson in 1828 during his presidential campaign when one of his opponents called him a jackass. <laughs> and Jackson decided to use the image of what he called the strong-willed animal in his campaign posters. But later, in 1870, cartoonist Thomas Nast, N-A-S-T, used the Democratic donkey in newspaper cartoons and made the symbol famous. He also did the Republican elephant in a cartoon that appeared in Harper's Weekly in 1874. What an influence he had. And that's where the elephant and the donkey came from. Wow. Now, I got more. Let me see what else. So do I get credit for 1828 or not? Yes, you do. Okay. That's why I said I would accept one of two answers. Yeah. 1828. You are absolutely right. Well, let's see then. Um, twice in the 19th, in the 1870s, Thomas Nast, Harper's Weekly to represent. Gee, there was really a great one. What, what the? Does anybody out there know who was the first Republican president? <laughs> see, no, 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 no. I get to ask the question. I know. I'm not going to ask Patricia. I'm just throwing it out for the audience. I get to ask. Okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, you don't have to answer that one. I'm going to read that out for the audience. Abraham Lincoln. Very good, Patricia. See, I did know. <laughs> don't ask me another one, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask who was the... I, I was going to be... I could be really tough and ask who was the first Republican candidate to run for president. Oh... That's not fair. I know, but I didn't ask you that. No, you didn't, and you're not going to either, no, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, I love Patricia, so I won't do that to her. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I want to look for... Oh, here. Democrats say the donkey is smart and brave, and the Republicans say the elephant is strong and dignified. Now, i got to tell you, I cannot get dignified out of a two-ton animal <laughs> <laughs> with a long nose, that and it eats trees. I, I just... <laughs> Well, now, what do you think, what do you think the Democrats with swine on a donkey then? Smart and brave. Um, Smart. I don't. I don't really think. You know, a pack animal that walks around with fifty percent of its weight on its back and goes anywhere people tell him to. I don't think. Yeah, no, that can make that can make much sense. Okay. It doesn't. However, they do climb well. So, for my, for me, I, I would not do rock climbing. So I think that's brave. So maybe I, I, brave part. I've ridden, I've ridden an elephant. You've ridden an elephant? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You told me when you that's were a right. kid. That's right. Yeah. That's the right. circus. Yep. Type thing. Yep. All right. Well, that's where the jackass came from. And by the way, mm-hmm. let's see. This was um, William Sapphire, I think, wrote this. Let me uh, touch it on. He, he explained where... Do a donkey and an elephant. When Andrew Jackson, it had nothing to do with. It had to do with the vote. Gosh, I should have organized myself a little bit more. I'm usually so organized. Okay, here it is. It says, um, and, I, and the cartoon appeared in Harper's Weekly in 1874, and now drew a donkey in lion skin scaring away all the animals in the zoo. One of those animals, the elephant, was labeled the Republican vote. It was not the Republican. It was a, it was a political cartoon, and the elephant represented the Republican vote. But I have no idea 
why I, I guess it was an anti-Republican time in our lives. But that's where it came from. They didn't. He didn't call the Republicans elephants. I know that makes sense because the pretty, Republican pretty much had control of the White House from that from 1868 on. Okay. So, but the, they maybe didn't like the Republican vote on some issue. Who yeah, knows? Well, that that would have been right if yeah. they were the driving force. Yeah. And they had the majority. Um. So that that would make a whole lot of sense. But anyway, that's that's my chunk of history for tonight. Are we having fun? Good stuff. We are always having fun. We're always having fun. All right. So do you want your brain teaser? Yep, I sure do. And this is the one. I will accept two answers for this one. Okay. A cowboy rode into town on Friday. He stayed for five consecutive days and left on Friday. How could this be? This is not dead air, folks. Walden is thinking. He sure is. Um, He's squeezing. Yeah, there's got to be an answer for this. There are two answers. My answer and their answer. <laughs> I thought my answer was better than theirs. Okay, I think uh, one of my answer would be what? That was the name of his horse, so that's why he left on Friday. Your answer? Oh my gosh! I thought I would nail you on that one. Oh, uh, you almost did. Hello there. I'm yep. gonna hang up. I wanted to answer the question. No, no, I want you to answer the question. What do you got? Well, first of all, my radio's turned up. Well, that's good. But well, you already answered it. Well, I don't. Well, no, well, I might be wrong. The answer. No, that was the answer I was gonna give. <laughs> ah. Well, you would have. Right, and I was wrong. Oh, I'll hang up. I got, oh, no. I got the leg one on here. Okay. Okay. So, bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> okay, so that's I, that's hey. your answer. Now, what was Patricia's answer? Well, Patricia looked at this and thought they didn't say say he stayed only five consecutive days. Mm-hmm. So he could have stayed more than that, and the five consecutive days would have been in the middle. Well, you know, uh, first of all, I'll tell you how my mind was working. I don't want to know. <laughs> okay, what? what? I think he arrived in Friday night, so that's not technically a day. So then I thought five can today be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then he had to leave Thursday, so that made it short. Then I got thinking, how? C- then I thought about leap years. And I said, no, you don't lose a day when you do leap years, you know, when you... Oh. And then I got thinking about... The, the, then my mind wandered back to what you, how you read it, so that's how I did it. Yeah. Well, do you remember a question I asked you a long time ago that said something like, um, a woman had a, a woman had five children and half of them were boys. How could that be? No, I, I haven't heard that one. That's, the answer was all of them were boys. The woman have five children. Children. And half of them were boys. 
Well, there is no such thing as half of five when you're talking about children, but the answer was all of her children were boys. So no matter if you said two-thirds or three-fifths or whatever you said would be the correct answer because she didn't have any girls. She just had boys. So I'm thinking, like, they said, okay, half of her family was boys, and the answer was all of them were boys. So I'm thinking his five consecutive days were only part of his visit. Hmm. I want they all come down to the the wording. You know, I know half it. of a half of a boy. I got thinking, would it be better technically saying at least half of boys? Then that would make all of the boys correct. I was just trying to think of the wording part of it. I don't know. <laughs> Some of these questions are really dumb, and I admit to that. They're <laughs> Willikers. Well, you want to know what happened in New York on August 27th, and I have to talk fast because you've only got 36 minutes left. How do you how how do you figure out those questions? Anyway, okay, 36. Why do you only got 36 minutes? You only have 36 minutes left to August 27th. That's true. So I have to talk fast. Okay. In 1664, 300 English soldiers captured the town of New Amsterdam from the Dutch. And they, three decades earlier, had established a fort on the southern tip of Manhattan. See, this is New York tonight. Um, the soldiers changed the name of the town to New York in honor of the Duke of York, who was brother of King Charles II, and that's how New York got to be New York. New York. New York is a wonderful town. 1664. Wow. That's a long time ago. Yep. In 1609, which I should have started with, mm -hmm. Henry Hudson discovered Delaware Bay. Mm. He later discovered the Hudson River, except it wasn't named the Hudson River when he discovered it. I heard an interesting thing this week. Um, they were classifying the gentleman who uh, was a big supporter of classical music. Mm -hmm. And his birthday was this week at 610. He was the first one to sponsor a free concert to the masses. In other words, before then, before 1660 or so, any live music concert was not for the mass. No. I never knew that. I thought, no, it was highbrow. Yeah, yeah, I never knew that. Like the theater. Mm -hmm. Only the wealthy could afford to go to the theater. Yeah. The theater. The theater. And only the wealthy could afford to dress for the theater. The theater. Why do they spell theater two different ways? They, one is a European way, the okay. H-E-A-T-R-E, right. European and the French, with a, the, um, it favors the French, and it's it's kind of an uppity thing, uh -huh. they want to be uppity, uh -huh. and all it does is confuse things. Uh -huh. Theater is spelled E-R, and I am unanimous in that. <laughs> 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 oh, would you like to know... What happened on August 28th, or should I wait for for 34 minutes? Well, you're there, so we're going to, because you're already there, well, we can do it now. Really? Yeah. Are you want to play our, our special our special thing after that? Whatever you want to do. All right. Well, in on August 28th, I already told you that in 1837, the two pharmacists, Lee and Perrins, manufactured... Worcestershire sauce. I never used to be able to say that when I was a little kid. I could not say Worcestershire. Worcestershire. So, like me, as a little kid, I couldn't pronounce P. So, puppy. I 
would name my little doggy Pucky. So I had trouble with peace. Yeah. And you had to say the word amethyst. I have no idea why that one gave me such trouble. Oh. I would start out with ama, and that was as far as I could get. Oh. Couldn't make it work. I can say it now. I practiced a lot of times. Pete, you and I now were on the radio. We still, we, I still struggle with stuff. With stuff? Yes. We, we do have stuff. Okay. Yes. On August 28th in 1920, mm-hmm. women got the vote. The 19th Amendment passed. I remember talking to my uh, great-grandmother about that. She was... She was uh, Suffragette? Yeah. She, well, she was telling me it was so funny. Uh, her husband would tell her what to vote. She would definitely be the good lady. And she would go home and go, go over to vote and vote Republican. So... It's where it, it's one of the situations in which yes, dear, works fine. That's cute. That is cute. Okay, yeah. ni- 1963. Mm-hmm. August 28, 1963. 200. This is one that's really important. 200,000 people participated in the peaceful civil rights rally in Washington. Oh, that's right. And we were going to have the uh, we were going to have the celebration celebration tomorrow. And it had to be canceled. Yeah. Dr. King de- delivered his I Have a Dream. I Have a Dream. In front of the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. And now there is a memorial. And it, it's a, it really is a beautiful piece of work. Mm. Carved in stone. And they were going to have the dedication this weekend. And they had to cancel it because of the storm. Yeah. Also, to think about it, too. I, you know, when he got sat, he was only 39. So, if you, if you, and I was in 68. So you think his oratory skills, he would have been only 34 years old. Mm. What, what I'm trying to say is you think about all those famous speeches he was known as the great. Yes. He was in his early 30s that he had the command of the language like that. Brilliant and brave. Yeah. Very brave. Yeah. Now, in 1907... A couple of years before we were born. Uh-huh. Not long, but a couple of years. Wait a minute. I'm 79. Oh, well. I have to, I have to add this up. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it was quite a few years. Okay. Um, 1907, United Parcel Service, UPS, began as the American Messenger Company of Seattle. And it's, oh. still, and it's, still, it's still trying to negotiate Patricia's box. And... Yeah, we ha- yes, we do have to talk. <laughs> Yes, because last week I announced <laughs> foolishly that UPS would pick up your packing supplies, and I misunderstood. <laughs> and I, I contacted the corporate office <laughs> to confirm this, but I was told any UPS truck, can I can leave it with or, or give it to any UPS truck that happens to be going by. I live on the second floor in an apartment complex in the back of the building that overlooks a lake. I have not seen a UPS truck go by my Ladai for a very long time. It's been a while. I'm going to have to figure out a way to get this. It's a box that Nolan Kenner had sent to me. <laughs> and the thing is, I measured it. It's four feet tall, two feet wide, and one foot deep. And it is filled to the brim with styrofoam peanuts. 
So I'm just so a UPI truck is driving by, they're going to stop if you wave to them, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm going to stand out in the parking lot for two or three days with my box of styrofoam chips <laughs> and wait to wave down a UPS truck as it goes by. I mean, I, I can't do it from the I can't say, wait for me. <laughs> I have to put my shoes on, wait for me. So I measured, I actually measured the back seat of my car to see if I could get this thing in. And if I slam the door really hard, I might be able to do it. I mean, I'm serious. You know, I mean, it's, it's four feet and maybe an inch. So, you know, 48, 49, 50, maybe 50 inches tall. And well, just stick it out the window, I guess, Patricia, when you're driving all the popcorn flies out. Flies out. Yeah, well, I suppose I could, I could make a little bit of extra room. <laughs> I have to tape the top really well with this. But I measured the, the back seat of my car, and it is... This is really going to be an engineering feat. I'm going to be so proud when I finish this project. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of work. That's how much I love the environment. I'm not going to put this in the landfill. I just refuse to do that. I think Patricia's going to be living with her box. <laughs> Patricia does have a roommate. It's just a box. <laughs> I'll have to stand it in the shower. <laughs> have a tiny apartment and it's it's kind of difficult to maneuver around it. But Trisha in a box the box will answer the phone call for her now my box. Don't touch my box. <laughs> <laughs> so there this thing is it's higher than the kitchen counter obviously. It's higher than the breakfast counter. Um it's higher than the bottom of one of the pictures hanging on the wall. <laughs> it's a pretty big box. That's a pretty big box, so now I have to figure out how to get it downstairs. I mean, it's not heavy. It's no, you can put it in the cart. You can put it in the wheel wheel wheelbell thing. Put I'm, well, I have to get it downstairs first because it's too wide for the stairwell. Hmm. So I, w I would have to lay yeah. it on its side. I see. Um, Maybe you can well, put I have to walk it downstairs and my cart downstairs, and then I can use a bungee cord <laughs> grab them to make sure it doesn't fall off. Maybe you can just mount wheels on it and just drive it down. Yeah, well, I suppose. And I could also go down in the yard and, and pretend I'm a helpless female, which is pretty rough to do. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, y'all, could somebody y'all help me over here? I could do that. Uh-huh. I could do that, so... Okay, before we get to 1936 stuff, maybe we could play. While, I, while I'm telling people about the show, do you think you could locate the awful show? Oh, I think I could. It, it might take a few. So why don't we do that? Okay, well, I will talk about it while you're digging around. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, from my collection of really awful shows, this one is really awful. It's an episode from The Clutching Hand. I cannot find anything about this show, and I've checked 
the internet. I have checked John Gunning. I have checked an old book that I have with hundreds of radio stations listed in it. It's not there either. This particular show or episode does not have a beginning like an opening with an announcer, and it doesn't wind up with an announcer. So we're kind of at the mercy to figure out what the heck is going on here because it's episode five, and I think it's part of a series. Very hard to tell because the show is so bad exactly what it is, but I think it's part of a series. We get a whole lot of music at the beginning and a whole lot of music in the middle and a whole lot of music at the end. Now, with music at the beginning of a show and at the end of the show and even in the middle of a show, local station advertising would have used some of that time for commercials. The shows themselves were produced with music Start menu. E. so that menu. local broadcasting menu. venues oh, could menu. use the Start time. Button. And if they had no advertiser, which is very likely in this case, I don't think anybody would have signed on for it. But if they didn't have an advertiser, then they could Outlook just continue to play the music and get back to the show. So, but there is so much here. There is so much of it here that I think no matter how you cut it, they use some of it for filler. The thing opens with two lines and then sound effects. And sound effects. And more sound effects. In fact, the majority of the show is sound effects. Lots of cars, lots and lots of cars. And there's also what sounds like dead air. And I think it's probably because the sound effects person who must have been embarrassed to work on this show as well, wasn't loud enough or wasn't standing close enough to the microphone or the microphone wasn't close enough to him and his sound effects prop. Uh, so you don't hear anything. It's just dead air. And then more sound effects. So it, it really, I think it's just the, the worst possible stretching of a script that I have ever come across. You know, once in a while you get somebody who's a little bit short, a couple of minutes short, and you kind of fluff it, and you play a little bit of music, and you got extra sound effects in there, and they can stretch it to the end, but this one is just over the top. It is episode five of The Clutching Hand, a show that ran in 1936. I have no date on this other than just the year, 1936. And mercifully, there aren't a whole lot of episodes that survived. So, can were you able to find it, Walden? I, yeah, I am. I'm trying to see we guy gone. Oh, cool. Okay, we will be back in about 20 minutes. That's how long this is going to take, music included. And please be patient because the music eventually does end at different points.
okay, then bring the girl back here. Three little unexpected children simultaneously the doctor brought us and you can see that we'll be three forever and a e i o you would know how agonizing being triple can be each one is individually the victim of a clinical day e i o every summer we go away to baden 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 every winter we come back home to walla 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 we do everything alike we look alike Dress alike, we walk alike, we talk alike, and what is more, we hate each other very much. We hate our folks. We're sick of jokes on what an artist is to tell us apart. If one of us gets the measles, another one gets the measles, then all of us gets the measles and mumps and croup. How I wish I had a gun, a widow gun. It would be fun to shoot the other two and be only one. Mrs. Whifflepuffer loves to talk to Mrs. Hildendorfer of the fatal natal day she had her silly willy. Mrs. Hassel Cooper loves to talk to Mrs. Goldenwasser of her major operation.
vacation when she had her twins. But when mother comes along, she silences the others. She accomplished something that is very rare in mothers. MGM has got a Leo, but mama has got a trio. She is proud, but says three is a crowd. Oh, we do everything alike. We look alike. We dress alike. We walk alike. We talk alike. And what is more, we hate each other very much. We hate our folks. We're sick of jokes on what an art it is to tell us apart. We eat the same kind of vittles. We drink the same kind of bottles. We sit in the same kind of high chair. High chair. High chair.
we're back. Hello there, everybody. We made it back. Hello, Walden. Hello, Patricia. The music was not part of the show. <laughs> and I've got the clutching hand. And I want to know if anyone has ever heard a worse show than that one. It was a candidate for my most awful shows, and I think it was a well-deserved title. It was the Ashina Patricia's all-time top ten favorites worst shows. Uh, There are so many to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that one's number one. That has got to be the worst show. Were you able to listen to it, or did you bail out on it? I bailed. I just made sure it was okay, and I went out. And the time I got done doing my stuff, it was music time. So I didn't... I, I heard enough for it. It seemed like, like this thing's going to play. Dead pause. Voice. Dead pause. I figured, oh, well, that's the style. I'll just run off and get my stuff done. Uh, well, you didn't miss a whole lot. Mm. There were probably seven lines in the whole. <laughs> the whole thing, and um, a lot of sound effects. But if you have a couple of minutes after the show tonight, mm-hmm. just plug in for a couple of minutes of this. It's really worth my time, huh? It's a must-hear, Walden. It's a must-hear this. So I used my time wisely. Yeah, you have restocked, Patricia? I have restocked? Uh-huh. Restocked what? Well, your body, your your nourishment. Oh, oh yes. Well, yes, I yes. I went out and I got hot dog information. I mean, I had hot dog information that I will give you, but where it got its name and that kind of stuff like that there. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes stuff like that there. Yes, okay. yes, yes. We are asking tonight. When you have a hot dog, what do you put on it? What's the favorite stuff that you put on your hot dogs? And that is in honor of the 75th birthday of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile that was born in Chicago. Now, I got an email from Ken Goff earlier tonight who said that the Wienermobile is housed in the Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan. So I don't know if it's one and, you know, they had a fleet of these things or if that was the only... Yeah, it was, it was a custom vehicle that people could drive around town in. Well, it was a custom vehicle for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure how many people would want to drive a hot dog, but around town it did go, and mm. it would make stops all across the country. So 1936, huh? Hmm. Huh? Interesting. thing. 75 years old. So mm. I asked, it, it struck me if they're going to put it in the Ford Museum if it were a Ford that they started building this hot dog on. And he said he didn't think so, but he wasn't sure that the museum has vehicles of all different historic significance. So it's, they're not just Ford products. But I thought that was pretty cool. And the, the Wienermobile is in the Ford Museum. So how did the hot dog get its name? The term hot dog is credited to sports cartoonist Tad Dorgan. At a 1901 baseball game at the Polo Grounds in New York, vendors began selling hot dachshund sausages in rolls. And a dachshund, of course, is a dog, so he called it a hot dog. And it stuck. Perfect. Perfect. 
I also found condiment information. What is the most popular condiment for a hot dog? The Council of Hot Dogs, or, or some other such thing, shows in, in their research that for adults, mustard is the condiment of choice. Children prefer ketchup. Did you say, you're, you're a ketchup person, did you say? I'm a mustard person now as an adult. I don't mind. I like ketchup too, but I, if I had to choose, I'd always go for mustard first. Uh, French is mustard, you yeah. said. Yeah, I'm a French. Okay. Now, the preferences do change from region to region. For example, hot dogs in New York are generally served with a lighter mustard, the, one, the kind that you like, uh -huh. and maybe steamed onions. While in Chicago, hot dogs can come with... Mustard, relish, raw onions, tomato slices, and anything else they want to put on it. <laughs> the Chicago people are serious about their hot dogs. Now, here's a fun thing. Kids were asked what condiment they would use if their moms weren't looking. What do you think they chose? 25% chose... Peanut butter! <laughs> Not even that. I mean, that would probably make more sense than what they came up with. 25% of, of all the condiments available, 25% of the kids said they would put chocolate syrup on their hot <laughs> I'm glad their moms weren't watching. <laughs> oh, ick. Oh, right. In 2010, last year, mm -hmm. How much money did people spend on hot dogs in the United States supermarkets? Not ballparks or anything, just in the supermarkets. How many hot dogs worth of dollars did they sell? Are you thinking? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, sometimes you leave and I don't know. <laughs> I have to ask. <laughs> you just can't hear my brain rolling, huh? No, I cannot hear your brain rolling. If, it, mm. if you shake your head, I can hear it rattle. Yeah, that's probably true, yeah. I cannot. Just throw a dart. Well, I'm working at this mathematically. <laughs> Do you know how much hot dogs cost? Well, I'm figuring close to $5 for a, a sick pack or something. Okay. So, um, and I don't think every man, woman, and child, so I think it's a family deal. So, 60 million times 6, so, um, $400 million? Oh, good grief. You are way under. It is $1.6 billion on supermarket hot dogs. I'm figuring the average family maybe ate one pack a month, so I guess I was totally off. So, they're eating really three packs, about a pack every week, practically. I don't know. You know, that really does sound like an awful lot of hot dogs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what do I know? I like hot dogs. Well, I like them, too. I cut hot dogs into pieces yeah. and fry them. Uh-huh. I can see that. I like them. What I would, my grandmother used to make them, uh, or, okay, no, my mom would do this. Great way to have hot like, macaroni cheese on the side uh -huh. and swipe the hot dogs. Yep. I, I think that is a very good thing. I like macaroni cheese. I saute the onions mm -hmm. and put hot dogs in there and burn them both. I love burned onions. Mm-hmm. Mm, good. That would be good stuff. Mm, good. Okay, $1.6 billion on hot dogs in U.S. supermarkets. Perfect, okay. So, I think you're right. It's it's between the average price, and you can always get them on sale and, and cheap. Yeah. But I think between 4 and $5 a pack with eight 
hot dogs in there. And if you've got two kids and a mom and dad, and you both eat, you all eat two hot dogs each, that's a pack. That's a pack a week, maybe. So, you know, at least a pack a month, maybe two a month. That's what I was figuring, maybe a pack a month, but that, that that's why I'm figuring... If that case would be about $400 million, so you're looking at four times that, so maybe it's a close to a pack a week. Hmm. Okay. Everybody call in about hot dogs. What do you like on your hot dogs? What kind of condiments? Whether it's ketchup or mustard or onions or... I like onions on them, but... I love onions. Um, did you get a chance to look up pinks? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Now that I'm back on the Internet, I should be able to do that. Uh -huh. I started. Sometimes it's the Wi-Fi connection that goes screwy. Um, and I blame it on, <laughs> on my <laughs> Internet service provider. Yeah. But it really isn't them. But anyhow, um, what do you like on your hot dogs? And how often, when you were growing up, how often did you have hot dogs for dinner? It was always a lunch thing for us. Mm-hmm. for dinner, if you had macaroni and cheese, but mostly lunch. Mostly for lunch. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, how many times a week or a month did you have hot dogs? Well, it seemed like, well, when I was home on summer vacation, it'd be a lot more because you're home. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so... You can't eat at home if you're not home. Home, yeah. Oh, I would say once every couple of weeks. Okay. All right, everybody, that's my next question. How often did you have hot dogs mm -hmm. or a meal? Not at the ballpark, but yeah. for a meal. There's nothing like eating a hot dog at a baseball park, though. Really? So, yeah, the way they, the way they, you know, how they cook it and everything else, it's just so well, probably steamed, too, because they walk around with these things. Yeah. And, yeah? Yeah. Well, Walden, this is going to be painful for you. Uh -huh. It is not painful for me, uh -huh. but it's painful for you to know that I have never been to a baseball game. That's okay. Well, we got, you know, Boy, Patricia. You have your work cut out for you. Patricia. What? I, I see what our future is like. <laughs> I see that we're going to be going to baseball games, uh -huh. looking for corn dogs, chili dogs, Everything you've missed out on life, we got a very busy future. Boy, you're, you're going to be awfully busy. Well. You're going to have to share the responsibility with somebody. I, I, order. You are going to be a full-time job for the rest of my life to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure you haven't missed upon Americana. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably right. No yeah. silly dog. Shame on me. Okay, Americans will eat enough hot dogs at major league ballparks this year to, uh, I want to know how people figured this out, to stretch from Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia <laughs> and Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. You know, poor Patricia, she's just been gets a few places in life, but can it? I know. She's going to really be, her, her, her life will be very broadened. I know. Oh man. You know, I mean, I was, I was west of Ohio when I came to California to the bird back. I know. Function. I know. That was it. That was a big deal. Well, it was for me. I, I had know. never been out there. I know. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was. It was fun. 
<laughs> it was really a fun affair. Yeah. Had a good time. Okay, Los Angeles residents. What do they do? They go to Pink's. They go to Pink's. <laughs> well, I think this is pretty interesting. All right. Than Los Angeles. Okay, this is this is pretty interesting because Chicago is the home of the hot dog and uh -huh. where the hot dog festival is every year, mm -hmm. and it's I mean it just is hot dog time in Chicago. Mm -hmm. However, Los Angeles residents consume more hot dogs than any other city in the country, including New York and San Antonio, Corpus Christi, Texas. Now, that's interesting to me, because considering Californians are supposed to be health freaks, I'm really surprised. I don't know. Los Angeles people are, you know, they're tough. We're different. Hello there. You're on the air. Hi, it's Ralph again. Hey, Ralph. How are you? Well, I can't sleep. Uh, oh, are we man. awake? Uh, oh, I'm up. I got a lot on my mind, I guess. Oh, but your friends about New York. my friends back east. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and you remember you asked me uh, what Wimple's first name was? Uh-huh. Yeah. Did Sweetie Face have a name? I never heard a name, and I don't think she did, but that's only because I never heard it. Walton, have you ever heard that Sweetie Face had a name? Nope, I never did. So I think it strictly was... It's a big old wife. Uh-huh. My big old <laughs> wife. <laughs> Every once in a while, they will have sneaked a name in there. One of them, it wasn't more tubes. It was one of the other neighbors. was Manda Bentini's father. Oh, God. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's another one. I, I, I know I've heard Teeny's father's first name sometime, somewhere. All right, then both of them. I can't find it. It was a very early show, so let me let me go hunting for that. Find You and Walden talk while I write a note to myself. Yeah. So how's the weather, Ralph? Is it warm up there right now? It's warm down oh, here. Oh, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. Just in the lake yesterday. Uh, went fishing and, uh, jumped in for a little while. So did he catch anything? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I caught a trout, a nice trout. So I didn't spend a lot of time fishing. So did he bring it home? Uh, about a one and a half pounder. He, he's, uh, residing in the freezer. So are you gonna defrost him? Yeah, eventually. When, when I get, uh, five or six, then I'll, I'll, uh, uh, I think we lost Patricia. Hold on. Well, for me, you and I keep talking. And her phone, she, she we locked on the phone, so we're going to call her back. Oh, you lost her? Okay. Yeah. She disappeared on us. That's no fun. Okay, get her back. She's important. I know. She's the most important part of the show. Oh, boy. Let's see here. Let's see if I will pull this up. Nope. Let's wait a few minutes. I think I think her thing went down. That's weird. Yeah, do do do. I wonder if she had electrical failure. I hope not. Yeah. Well, when she's in Florida, she should have been affected by the hurricane. I don't think. No, I think they uh, they got a pass on it pretty good this time. <clears throat> I, I talked to my sister-in-law. Yeah. In Florida earlier this evening, and she she wasn't bothered much. Uh, she lives in.